0: Welcome to the conversation. Understand. Understanding to be understood. I always mess that part up. And I don't know why. We've been doing this for a long time.
1: Yeah. You have to program. Yeah.
0: So we we have some special guests today. We have Kristen and John with us. Howdy, howdy. Hello. And uh, they are uh, listeners of ours and they wanted to participate in um, the conversation. Uh, I know that uh, me and John talk a lot in the office and we always talk about everything from what religion, politics, sports, whatever.
2: We, we solve the world's problems I'd yeah. say. You know.
0: In our sessions we always try to solve every problem of the world and uh, it's just a great conversation and uh, he's he was so kind to start listening to our podcast and he travels back and forth from work so he gets a lot of time to listen to it as he's riding uh, in his uh, in his truck and uh but he did have some uh, questions on his own he listened to our last uh, podcast that we put out and um, he wanted to really know a little bit more of who's chris who's marshall he already knows me and um and so i was like well let's Bring him on to the podcast, and so he can get acquainted with the team and see what kind of questions. And and you know, we don't really have an agenda today. Uh, we're going to go with the flow. I do have some things in mind, and uh, that we can discuss and talk about later. But I'd like John to tell us a little bit about who he is, his background. I know he was in the military. He likes jumping out of airplanes and that's his passion I know that and it's and it means a lot to him I would like for him to share a little bit about that um, because I know that's important to him and we brought he brought his uh, lovely wife here too and we would like to know a little bit about her today if she wants to if she feels like it if she's up to it Um, but she's gonna be here today participating as well (coughs) All right, so Let's start it off, uh, Mr. John.
2: Well, you said, uh, you know, I was in the military. I just want to put it out there. It was for a very short length of time. I don't want to uh, put any false you know, notions out there. I was medically discharged on my uh, one station uh, unit training at Fort Knox for a uh, cavalry scout training. Um, part of that contract uh, I had when I joined was I was going to be airborne. The wheels fell off that uh, that train uh, once I got there I started having serious shoulder problems which led to a medical discharge um, that didn't mean my dreams went away though however still uh, I wanted to be airborne uh, earn those wings that my dad earned you know 20 years before I was born uh, you know so there's a lot of life in between that and what I've done in the last couple of years I, I ended up finding a uh, a really cool Historic team called the World War II Airborne Demonstration Team, and through them, I was able to go through airborne training and earn earn my father's wings essentially, um, and get to uh, jump out airplanes. And I do it as much as I can. You know, I was down in Fort Benning, Georgia, last month. Well, it's been two months now to get to celebrate with. uh, a recent graduating airborne class and we got to participate with them we were going to jump with them but the weather would not allow it so you know
0: I think that's just just really cool I wouldn't jump out of airplane for nothing I that's
2: scary to me thanks sign me up of course we can get you signed up well I'm also I'm now an assistant instructor with the team I do I teach people uh, how to land properly that's what I help with now Seems to be
3: the most important part. Probably. <laughs> we we could
2: we could go down that road. And it's one of the more important parts. I, with, uh, top three
3: most important right. parts. <laughs> how you land. It's, it's, sticking that land. Sticking the landing it seems to be. I not a. Uh, my seventy year or seventy year old stepmother is now obsessed with jumping out of airplanes. Like really yeah, true. she just does it all the time now. Like, and I, I, it's like if she can do it, I can
0: do it. You got life insurance with her? Oh
3: yeah.
2: Okay. We have a 76-year-old uh, retired Green Beret. Oh really? He, he's uh, he has well over 200 jumps, and he jumps. He's probably in Europe right now jumping. I'm not even joking. Uh, celebrating different historic events, but he was down with us and Benny. Wow. He's one of the instructors. That he helps with the landing uh, part of the training. Uh, so it, you know, there's no age limit to it, really. That's you awesome. got it in your heart, go for it. There's the door. <laughs>
3: That's, that's amazing. Uh, is
0: uh, Kristen going to jump?
4: No. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'll keep myself on the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, They do uh, right here in South Point. Don't they have the, you can jump out of airplanes in Chesapeake or something like that. I
2: believe um, there's a, a skydiving. Yeah. Uh, class I've not looked into. What we do is static line parachuting, which is what the military does. Yeah, uh, with that
0: little cord, and then you go. Down, you like yeah, them.
2: yeah, yeah. It's it's as soon as you leave the plane, the plane starts deploying your parachute. You know, we we jump at much lower altitude than what a skydiver would.
3: Like how many how many feet you jumping? Um,
2: in. it's anywhere from eleven hundred to fifteen hundred. is the average. Uh, combat jumps, though, you know, part of the history, you know, can be as low as three hundred feet. Jeez. Um, if your if your main does not open, then you do not have time for a reserve. We don't we don't mess with that. Safety first, you know. Uh one of our sayings is um uh, authenticity will never trump safety. We are the World War 2 team, so we our uniforms look like that. We have two uh C47 aircraft that served during World War 2. One of them served, you know, on D-Day. Yeah. If uh, memory serves me right. So we we look the part, but n- n- we're not going to go to the extreme where we do something that uh you know, to risk our lives. It's not, You're Sure, you there's know. no reason to, you know, yeah. no one's, no one's lives in danger if we don't get to the ground quick, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, Chris, is that, can you hear everything okay? Yeah. My
3: headphones was All right. Good,
0: good now. So, uh, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit last, last time on our podcast was, um... Things that go on at the workplace, okay? It can be anything from politics to tensions and race or sexism or whatever it is. Um, that that seemed to be like a jumping point that like when you were talking to mm-hmm. me about... A like, jumping point. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> I, did. I, I swear I didn't like hear it. Did I that. did not even mean <laughs> it. Yeah, I just... That subliminal stuff, yeah, right there. yeah, okay, but that that would seem like kind of like it, it touched a nerve with you a little bit, um, um, just oh, yeah, I just because we're you were going through your supervisor stuff, you know, um, and if you don't feel comfortable uh, uh, at all at any point, just just let me know, like, I can edit anything, you know, out. just uh, like what. I know the workplace can be a real tricky place. I went through. A work situation before i went independent and um i know it can it can it can really affect every aspect of your life if if you let it you know some people can just be like work and turn it off when they come home and they'll just put up with their crappy job for the next four years and other people they just can't do that until you know they can't do it anymore um so, do you want to try to touch on a little bit about your work experience of how you feel about managing a team and running an operation that you do? A very important operation, by the way, because it keeps, what, power on to everybody?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I my, I guess the job title that I earn, so to speak, would be uh, I'm a journeyman substation technician. That's, mm-hmm. that's the trade I got into. So, yeah, I'm the guy that puts... Uh, the power and the power lines yeah. it's a it's a pretty cool job it's a uh, it can be dangerous at times so we we mitigate that um but you know now i've moved in i've been in a supervisory role and you know my job i've been doing this five years as a supervisor um my job is to get other people to 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 do the work now um you know i gotta when we get into these tight situations dealing with electricity you know um it can be a little unnerving sometimes so I, I have to coach people to get over those nerves so to speak um when they're doing the work because it's you know and it my. if someone gets nervous it's not necessarily my job to uh d- well okay i'll do it you know it's i will if, if that's what it comes to but you know i gotta really i'm responsible for getting other people to mm-hmm. to how do how do we get comfortable doing this stuff we're going to go up 100 feet in the air And get a hold of something that most people don't want to get a hold of. uh, How are we we going to deal with those nerves?
0: Did you have to learn coaching yourself? Or is that something that the company... Or they just kind of tell you to, (coughs) hey, uh, lead a team. Or like my last company, they were... they always As soon as they hired their doctors or whatever, they were like, you got to read this book and this book. They would always Mm -hmm. make you read leadership books. And then kind of, you know, get you, drop that seed to develop because you were going to be dealing with other team members and stuff and start getting out of your own way, in a sense. Because before you start reading those leadership books, I know a lot of it is always just like that uh, almost like victim mentality, like, you know, people can play. There is a difference between employee and employer, there always is, the the mentality wise. Um, Yeah, I agree. And it's uh, what I found. It's not necessarily uh, someone's a better person. It's like what what they see, like the perspective they see, and like what I got out of reading like a lot of leadership books is that ultimately everything really just depends on how well you lead and guide people. And if that leadership above you is messed up, then you can only grow so much as a leader yourself. And sometimes. you know, I think it's unfair a lot of times when we're with these companies, they expect you to always do more, be more, but then it doesn't equate to the same amount of pay or it doesn't equate to, you know, it's more stress. My brother-in-law just had a heart attack on Monday, and he leads a team, uh, he's an electrical engineer, so he leads a team of techs, and and he's got all these projects going, and he said he's been under stress for However, number of years, and if and he's a healthy guy, like skinny, golfs, eats well, this and that. But the stress eventually led to his heart attack, and uh, I mean, thank God he made it. But those are the kind of things that concern me most. Is like when do you know that okay, I'm done, or this, uh, uh, you know, uh, this leadership is not taking me where I need to be. I need to do my own leadership and grow and develop. So that's why I started reading books. How do you go about? What What was your leadership like leading those young men and women?
2: Well, you you, you said a lot there, so it's a lot. Uh, to yeah, I, I know. I kept thinking that one. I keep you had going. Yeah, my, my brain bouncing for a second there. But it, as far as how it, leadership started with me and with the day they called me said, "Hey, you know, you're a hard worker. You know your job. You." you do well that's that's why I was asked to to step up into a foreman role um they said what do you think I said well I'm not going to turn this opportunity down to 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 be a foreman um cuz I'd be selling myself short you know um you, there's not a, there's no amount of books in the world you can read that's going to prepare you for that next step you 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 have to you have to jump into it and just like you were saying with uh, getting into business you you can't you can't just sit back and wait you have to just start if you're going to do something um I think we were talking about maybe your food truck deal or yeah. whatever you're like you you gotta get started. you can't sit here and just think about it you know um same thing in, in, with this career progression the way I see it um so i I jumped on it, and you know with I knew very quickly like what I had to do, not because of anything the company told me my 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 training to move up into this position consisted of here's your iPad. You know you make your own password for it and here's the foreman book which consisted first of all i I glanced through it and never used the thing it basically just consisted of all the different paperwork you have to fill up it didn't tell you how to manage anything really um and off off to the races go to that job site and make it happen and that that was my training um but lucky for me <clears throat> i uh I grew up with a father who was retired military and we we discussed leadership a lot you know what it means what it is I uh I went through ROTC in high school leaderships talked about a lot you know so I, I I was I was around a lot of leadership influence I don't I don't know how else to call it but I I, I was no stranger to it um, there was
0: culture there
2: th- some, something something mm-hmm. in my past I I knew that okay wait a minute I'm the boss now it's no longer my job to turn the power on it's it's my job to get other people to turn on so to speak and so right then and there uh within a week or two of of, of driving around in that foreman truck i started looking up uh leadership training um i just went to actually it was podcast i went to my little podcast app and i typed in leadership and i started that's i swear to god that was (laughs) and, and, and and it started um dave uh dave ramsey Oh, yeah, I don't know if yeah, you, yeah, everyone. yeah, everyone those days. Do you need Jocko Willing stuff? Well, we'll get there. Okay, um, that's, okay. <laughs> his, that's his. That's boy. Yeah, I, I knew we were going. I, I've talked. I've talked to Jocko, but um, you are talking to me in person. Wow, I'm not in person. Well, uh, over Zoom and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah. So I, I started. I started reading like some of the, a lot of the things Dave Ramsey recommended. One thing led to another. But see, there was something with Dave Ramsey. the, the people he pushes who are all great leaders in their own field, I'm sure, um, there was a slight disconnect by that style of leadership to what I was dealing with. you got to understand where, where I work, uh, we work a dangerous job. We're, we're blue-collar. There's a lot of proud, tough men out there with a lot of ego, yeah. a lot of type A personalities. Uh, you know, when the young guy comes in, you know, if, they're not yeah. always gonna want to listen to you necessarily well unfortunately they're gonna they're gonna have to, but me knowing what I knew what little I knew about leadership, I knew that i i'd had I had to get them to want to listen, not just use authority. I was always scared of of my own authority you know um i w- I wanted to lead them just I don't know how else to put that yeah. uh, so after about a year or so of following the entree leadership stuff, uh, reading all those books the Simon Sinek's, all all that stuff that Dave Ramsey pushes I was like something's missing you know the the n- nothing against those guys but as far it just didn't click with me to the point that okay the stuff that they're talking about is not really I don't feel like I'm pushed to the next level with the guys I got to work with we don't have an HR department where I work that's not a thing They don't have one at all th- there is one never it's, met it's them. It's like one dude they're they're yeah, basically. Um, is, I, honest to God, has no. It's a boss's
0: wife. It, it, is well, this? it could be. It could yeah. be. This is Paul
2: actually. I think he married just a secretary. But um, That's what I'm talking. not joking. But uh, I knew it. Well, no, I, I don't know what they do. Honest to God, we we handle our own business. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're, we're we're also you, part of the union. Yeah. yeah that, the rules
0: that, of the jungle apply in the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Basically, but
2: the... are you know, the whole Dave Ramsey stuff was kinda geared towards the more white collar office type jobs where where yeah, the not, more politically yeah. correct things tend to happen. There is no politically <laughs> there's no politically correctness on a on a job site. Sure. I yeah. it's well yeah, yeah, yeah get, I get it. Yeah,
0: It can yeah, get yeah. raw out there sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it, when you you're in your true element, outside. there isn't no, There's no. You make jokes. You do this. You fart. You do whatever. Well, and you just <laughs> carry them. But I mean, but that's just what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you're. Uh, I wish everyone could be in that snooty office space in that cubicle, and everyone's just
2: you know like, but it don't work that way in mm-hmm. the real world.
3: No. Is it mostly? It's all men.
2: Mostly. It, it's it's dominated by men. Mm-hmm. Yes. We there's there's. A handful of females i've worked with a few mm-hmm. um you know and some do really well some don't you know they didn't figure out how to fit in a, a man's world i hate i don't know how to say that yeah. it's the
0: truth it's the reality um you know you know when we first did our first podcast i was always very hesitant to say something incorrectly and i was like look around is that politically correct or or this and that because we do deal with so many people, and it, it's it's um, gets to a point where it's almost just like, man, I, I hope like people don't take offense. Like when I was out in my food truck, someone was yesterday asked me, "Excuse me, I hope you don't mind me asking, do you eat beef?" And I was like, um, "Yes, we're Muslim." I was like, "We just don't eat pork," and kind of follow like the food. Uh, you know the old testament kind of guidelines to food and stuff so um and she was scared to ask me that and i was like and she, she had met me the weekend prior and i'm just like what a shitty world we live in where we're so fearful now of just just being who we are without repercussions to someone automatically putting you in a box
1: I wanna read this quote. Yes. Just going along what you said. I, I heard this the other day and I thought it was really powerful. But it says, uh, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. Right? And when you think about what you're talking about when we're talking about society as a whole, when we try to not do what our parents did and our parents reach the next group tries to do what we've done is we've created a generation of people where it's self entitlement or you know or afraid to do whatever say whatever and that's why we live in the situation we're in today it's a direct result of what we were afraid to do and wouldn't do or tried to run from in our time and now we're reaping those same problems that our parents went through now we're reaping them with a a generation now that we never thought we would see you know what I mean when you when when murder is okay when Uh, you're allowing your kids taking kids to classrooms and showing them sexually explicit things for the sake of trying to reprogram them Um, I guess I saw there was a congressman that did a porn the other day just to show that sex isn't bad Um, some guy did for some political things so I'm just saying so when you look at that you know at the end of the day one we have really no one else to blame but ourselves Um, and two um We've sat around here and we've created a society and allowed it to be whatever. To so now we're afraid to speak in it. The one part of the world we help create, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a sad place to live at this point in time when you can't speak to something. And it's funny when you brought that up about him talking about there's not a lot of women in that field or don't make it long in that field. Isn't it funny? That's not a job that most women are fighting for either. Yeah right there's no equality there we're not asking for being treated equally there yeah because that's a dangerous job and somebody can die and you know what I mean not saying that some a woman couldn't do the job yeah. not saying that at all but they're not fighting for that job not fighting to go climb hundred feet in the air or anything else yeah. fighting to uh, but now but for the fact that he would say that somebody would sit out there and listen to that and say, Oh my God, I can't believe he just said that we couldn't. Oh my goodness. This, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's the furthest thing from the truth. But you're not asking for that job. Yeah. But now, if he had an office job and was making this much money, yeah. then the equality part comes in. Like, oh, why mm-hmm. ain't I making that kind of money? Yeah. It's just sad that that's what we've created over time. um And it's continuing, it's showing its ugly face now. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because we've hit that age where we're, we now look at like, well, man, when I was younger, we didn't do this. You know what, yeah. what I mean? And that's what happens. So it's like that commercial insurance where we're starting to act like our parents. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like being yeah. of,
3: it's like being offended has no reasoning about it. Yes. Oh, you're offended? Well, gosh, are you okay? Like, yeah. it's crazy that people get. like They can be offended about anything. It's the fact that they're offended is the point, not if it has any logical reason to it. That's exactly what they it. You know?
0: bring the whole city and boycott you. Yes. Like, I'm to a point now, like, I just don't even care. Like, if someone was to go on. Facebook and start blasting me, like, I would probably just be like, hey, dude, it's okay. Like, go ahead and blast me all you want. Like, I, I know who I am as a person. I just can't, I just can't take misrepresentation. You're in a no-win,
1: in a no-win situation yeah. anyway. Like, I don't yeah. know if you saw recently, they just came out the government and with the banks and uh, PayPal and all them, they have actually been taken over. And if you say anything politically incorrect or yeah. misinformation, they're already... Stopping ready to destroy year. you. So, yeah, like, yeah. you can't speak your opinion if it's a different from whatever. So, no matter what side you're on, yeah. if you offend somebody or if you just speak your opinion, you yeah. take a risk of being shut down. No matter what you do, and that's more scary than anything else yeah. than you've ever seen. When even banks and PayPal and them have yeah. control over your freedom of speech yeah. as well. So, what are they taking point, away? So like if you if if your social media is it's kind of like the ESG like your social credit score the same thing that they're doing in China, China. Yeah. the things that you say and operate in and how you say these things whatever you say on your social media platforms if it's like misinformation whatever it's tagged as you can they can start messing with your credit score as well. So like it, it'll affect how you get um, loans. It'll affect how you your interest rates. It can affect everything. China,
0: they won't even allow you to get on. Oh, your your social credits are bad. You can't get on subway to go to work. You know, there's a you Black Mirror
1: episode yeah, about you know. that. Yeah. Have You guys yeah. ever
3: seen Black Mirror? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's about that. Yeah. And these people have. I mean, Black Mirror is a genius show. The first episode's not good. Don't watch it. It's stupid. But the rest of that series, all about these things. About and I guess one of the episodes is like that. It's to like give a social credit score. Credit score and. And it's like, called the ESG. Yeah, That's what, but it, yeah. it actually goes into it, and these people are yeah. trying to get vie for it and, and go up and down. It gets real insidious, you know. It gets real sinister, too.
0: Yeah, there is a um, there is this one, and I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it again. I don't even. Know. I'm is. so scared to say it on the podcast, even like because it's just like um... okay, this event I went to a couple weekends ago. It was a festival to celebrate culture and diversity. So I took my kids there. I promised this person that we see all the time out in the community that I would go there and, you know, give support and just kind of walk around this festival. So we get there and we're, you know, watching the festival. But then they put – they had two different – like, so the festival was there to celebrate diversity and culture in the latino community all right so when i get there then i one of the organizations i don't know if it was a bank or hospitals or something they were passing out buttons well they on those buttons they said like my kids are i was like here grab some buttons they're like that it's weird it says them and they and stuff <laughs> stuff like that like and i was like uh, i don't know what that like i got real paranoid i was like i don't know what that means and I was like I thought this was latino culture like that you're mixing two topics into mm-hmm. one topic. And that that kind of like I think that's where like some of this confusion when we're talking about stuff always is it's it's multi-layered
1: well, it's not about diversity. It's
0: not about diversity, and yeah, and, and I thought lot. it was. I thought it was just going to be oh great, you know, we got some Latino people in the community. We've never celebrated that in my years growing up in Ashland. Hell, we all go to Mexican restaurants and eat Latin food and stuff like that. So I'm like, yeah, that's good. I got a food truck that's Pakistani, so I'm like, yeah, I need to celebrate with other people because they're celebrating with us. I get down there and and I, which I don't mind their orientation or whatever it is, but I just felt like it was a slap to the Latino community <clears throat> to have those kind of things there, because it maybe there is a Latina person that is you know that uh, you know gender okay. or whatever. But that's not yeah. that's not but, the issue. You got to
1: deal with the facts, and that's yeah. that's the problem. And, yeah, and that's the same thing that happened with the civil rights movement. Yeah, they needed it to happen in order to push the agenda. Yeah. Right. And there's an agenda. There's always been an agenda. So I recently started going back through because I teach cultural intelligence and diversity at, at our agency. And so as I went back through and started looking up stuff, you know, the very first opportunity for diversity that ever took place in the United States was in 1943. But it actually kind of came into it became a law in 1948. So what they did is that when they talked about the first actual movement of diversity was bringing allowing blacks to join the army. And that was one of the biggest things that they that that was the actual movement of diversity. And then they, they, like I said, they passed it into a law that you could... But here's what's so weird about it. You can pass the law for them to join the army, but you could not... You still had segregation and everything else. So it doesn't even make sense, right? So it's like, well, we'll let you come in the army. You will be a frontline type of person. But then when you get out of the army, you still can't go to the restaurant, movie theaters, and everything else, right? So then... So when everybody talks about diversity, if you really look up the real definition of it, it's it's not the same thing. And then if you look at it, France, the French yeah. definition means perverse, wickedness, evil, right? And so there was a real issue with bringing people together. It was always about really celebrating the separateness of groups, and, and, and that's what how it originally started. So then when you bring, when you look at, so 1943, it, it started, 1948, it becomes the law, and then you still had... Uh, you had to have the civil rights movement in the 60s. Yeah. And then 1965, you get affirmative action, right? That's when they bring in it. So if it was supposed to be about diversity and it happened here, then why are you still having these things have to take place in order for people to still feel whatever? So now, once we they saw this... And then that civil rights movement tagged along everything else that came with it. And so now, when you look at even most movements today, there is another agenda underneath it that just kind of sits and waits as you pave the way, and then it begins to show its ugly face. And then you can't discriminate against it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a much different animal. And mm-hmm. it takes away from the actual cause and whatever. So I looked this up too, and, and it's not about a... a it, it is a black and white thing because there's still a hate thing that has to be addressed, but... In the state of Kentucky, there's only 7,000 um, black-owned businesses in the United, in, in Kentucky. 7,000. And out of that 7,000, they generate a revenue of $178,000 uh, a year,
0: right? $178,000 $178, out of 7,000 7,000 business? businesses. Not that enough, That's it's not yeah. so, That's not a
1: lot. That's not a lot at all because they're small businesses. Yeah. They're very small in money, right? So, and then you don't see any in this area. There's only one. Or two in this area, right? So now, with that, when you look at, they talk about all these other things about, oh, you know, wanting to have these movements and we want diversity and all this other stuff. Well, why do not? Why do these businesses not get supported or they have the same opportunity? Most of them have employees that don't get paid, right?
5: Right, uh-huh. and then
1: it's the ones that do. This is what this is. so when you look at it, when they talk about diversity, it was about something more than just bringing these two together because there's still a major issue and a disconnect between black and white people. Mm -hmm. It's a huge disconnect. And until they start to fix those things, these other things don't get. So with diversity to me personally, the more I I look at it, it's it's an agenda to move something far different than just bringing people together or having, because most people think, oh, we've hired so many minorities Mm -hmm. and we've been doing this. That, That doesn't make it diverse. And, yeah. and not at all. Diversity is accepting culture and yeah. accepting people and moving things along and, and and giving people the freedom to express themselves and move. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, i not
2: say. Well, yeah, it's. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you touched on this whole cultural diversity stuff on one of the first few podcasts you had, um, and it made me really think. And I guess you're the guy to ask because that's what you do for a living what it to me when i hear culture and diversity i hear that's two different opposing ideas to me you can't have culture and diversity in the same room together they're going to fight so i guess well, one of my question is what is the benefit to diversity is it cuz there's 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 diverse thought diverse mm-hmm. culture um then there's diverse skin color you know and you see all three when we talk about um all shoot you just said it a minute ago um well we need to hire more um minorities Mm -hmm. that's essentially that's diverse skin color Mm -hmm. okay um don't know how that's going to necessarily help a business out because a business is interested in the ideas of their employees not the skin color i would hope so Mm -hmm. i mean if you're going to hire somebody for you know you're going to want somebody intelligent not somebody black necessarily or white name a color so Mm -hmm. what can you can you can you unbox that for me? Because I really want to know. Because I so, culture is something I take very serious.
1: I think because, you you're you're spot on. I don't like any of it, really, if you want me to be honest well, with you. Me I,
2: neither. Because why well, I like culture, and I we can say why. I but, like
1: it, but I'm saying I like I like all the, the idea of I mean, it is great, right? But what they it's, it's it's like anything else. You you word hijack, right? So if you take yes. these, if you take diversity and you take cultural diversity and you stick them together, you're trying to pass on something as you're opening up. So what I, one of the things I what I got trained in is CQ, cultural intelligence. And that to me works far better than anything else when you take because it gives you as a strategy right so you have a drive which is your level of interest you have knowledge is what taking the opportunity to learn and grow about a culture then you have a strategy how do you implement what you've learned and then you have an action so that's the four pillars that they work out of so the higher your cultural intelligence grows the lower your unconscious and implicit bias is the lower you operate in different facets so to me i like that far better than i do just saying culturally diverse, because I'm like you, it that doesn't explain anything that doesn't help in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And here's what really happens. In spe- take this area, for instance. They call it the good old boy system, right? It doesn't matter what you know, what you learn, <laughs> and what you what you get. It's about who you know, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where it becomes an issue when you look at That's why CQ is important in that kind of situation, because there are going to be a lot of people that can be overlooked for a job because of, I know this person, that's my friend, and he thinks like me. And most companies in this area hire people who think like them, act like them, and operate like them, and more than likely look like them. And that's where it becomes an issue in here. It'd be great if more people didn't look at the person who can do the job instead of looking at the skin color of somebody or the whatever. It'd be great if that's how it was, but it's just not reality um, in most places. Um, and like now, I will say this, I've been to Columbus, I'm, I'm from Columbus, i and the more that I've been there, that's one of the places I can honestly say I can see a clear opportunity for all people. Um, it's one of the rare places that I've seen. I'm sure it's probably a bigger city mentality anyway, but but that's that's kind of the best way I can answer that question. I think I don't know if that helps, but
2: you know. well, I mean you. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean you you answered it because you said you don't like it either. To me, when I hear those things, it's it's political buzzwords, Absolutely. and any time we get the government involved. We're gonna have trouble. I mean, they're, they're yeah. not gonna solve any problem for us. It has to start at the community level, yeah. you know. Um, just right here in this room is where it starts. Yeah. Uh, when you take it to city hall, you're screwed. It's gonna, you know, the red tape everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, then it'll the money starts the, coming. In. It'll yeah.
1: transform and be morphed into something a hundred times over before from what the original idea, original plan is, and that's what I'm saying. So when you just like what I've said, it couldn't just be. This day for this group of people. It had to be this day for this group of people, plus this, plus this, plus this. Right? Now, his kid is walking out of there confused and wait, what what does this mean? Instead of just being able to celebrate what we were supposed to be celebrating.
0: Like, I lost the entire message of the thing. They had, you know, those. uh those costumes they wear for like death and stuff, you know, those and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. stuff. I-, I apologize, I don't know what it's called, but Dia la Muertes, or yeah, yeah, and
4: yeah. and, and the Dia ha- la Muertes, Dia la Muertes, okay, something like that, Day of the Day, day of the, the
0: Dead, yeah, and they and they had a the music and everything. It was really cool. And then I saw like different agendas being pushed, and it was with one of these organizations that put it on in Ashland, and um, but. I just felt like it was unfair to the community as a whole. And and I like your all thought about that. Like you, you started off saying about diversity and culture, and then you defined it. And you, this is a lot of our problem. We're walking around, and we all have read English, but we don't understand the words and the context of the words because we just kind of read a sentence, blah, 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 blah. And then it doesn't trigger the, what is the definition of each word that we just read and I'm finding even my ignorance is like it I have to slow down and read that again in order to understand it and I think that is a big where they're trying to confuse everybody put a b- bunch of stuff together like uh, words together and and make them mean the same thing because if if we were having a discussion on just say immigration, you know, um, instead of it being about do you have your papers or did you come here illegally, uh, just plain black and white, it, it always comes into, well, you know, there there's all kinds of other agendas that people will throw on top of it. And then it gets the people mad that are like, they need to come with their papers. And then the other people, oh, I feel sad for Becky walking across the desert for, you know, Becky. Yeah, too. and it's not Becky. It's yeah, gonna be not Becky. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever hurt the hair. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's it's just all this confusion and I think that's what causes Becky. confrontation and fights rather than coming together and talking. Well you can't you uh, yeah. can't
1: have rules for people for fifty years of their life or hundred years mm-hmm. of their life and then all of a sudden You start moving the goalposts, moving the line, and then tell everybody they're crazy for feeling the way that you've instilled in them. It's just like, it's one of the things I, I, when you were going back to leadership, it's one of the things I hate about um, working under bad leadership, is that you instill these ideas, these rules, and these fears, or whatever else you instill in people to to work with you, and then all of a sudden, you guys read one book, and you want to make a change, and then you expect everybody (laughs) to walk out of that (laughs) transformed, And not saying you, I'm saying in general, yeah. like I know our company, they go in, they, they read a book yeah. and then they come back and they say, so we're going to, we're going to change about how we're doing stuff. Like we're doing, we went from having regular staff meetings <laughs> to now we're doing individual staff meetings. That's yeah. not a staff meeting. That's a meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is a, you know why government. they do that though? What?
3: I mean, the reason that these people, it's like when you get, I, I've, I've been pretty far up in a company. I was over three states of the company and I got so far up and I read all the leadership books. I read Patrick Lencioni and. And all these people. And they, they, it makes them look like they're doing something. That's why they do it. Everybody at the top of a company is trying to make it look like they're doing something. Because yeah. change looks like you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Really, you're not doing crap. Yep. Yeah. Because it takes a while for that to set in. Like My whole company that I was with, they, they made me read. I read ten books. And I sold out. I was like, okay. I mean, I was, re- I was preaching John the gospel. Maxwell. This, this, this was Patrick Lencioni. They had a consultant. I met, met with this guy. This, this guy, you know, very, you know, an older gentleman with, you know, no hair. And he just looked like Mr. Clean on, you know, steroids. And he was just like motivate me and evaluated me, did a personality test, did all this stuff, and told me my weaknesses and my strengths. And I had to tell someone else their weaknesses and strengths. And we had a bunch of kind of trust fall type shit, you know. And then but the people who were high in the company didn't even believe it Facts. so yeah. i'm sitting there like i'm preaching it back to them because i know it better than them but i realized it just it was hypocrisy and it's really it was just an agenda to make it look like hey we're doing something here we're woke we're a woke company or whatever the yeah. heck you want to call it and and it got under my skin because i was like oh this is just this is just a farce you know? And that's
1: exactly what the, the cultural diversity is. It's all. It's just an agenda. It's mm-hmm. just a way to just advertise. Hey, we're different. We're trying, but we're really not. I mean, it's just. It just is what it is. I mean, I've said this to you guys a whole bunch of times. Just, think about this. I'm, I work in a community mental health, right? So we have an addiction services. We've never had an Asian person come in there with depression or anxiety or deal with yeah. drug addiction. Why? You're no reasons at all. Never. Say, yeah, it's <laughs> Cause, Cause, it's because never. it's cultural.
0: You're not allowed you're yeah. not allowed to. It's like it's instilled I, I, in our I understand yeah.
1: it's instilled in our it's yeah. instilled yeah. in our, our, our yeah. group. it's it's instilled in your, it's instilled that's fine. Fight but it doesn't it. change the fact that somebody's struggling with it and never yeah. graced your doors. Yeah. There's a problem. Yeah. Then there's a reason I've for I've got it.
3: F- I've got five Asian clients right now the, for therapy. Really? Nice. Yeah. They're real Asians yeah. too.
1: Real,
0: yeah. real ones. The other real not ones fake yeah, the real ones. I bet they me. dishonored their family.
5: <laughs> and it's funny one of his okay, mo- one of me one of his
3: mom yeah, you're was in afraid the first of that one, actually also. both of them, two of them their mom was in the session. And I was like, who's this? This is my mom. I'm like, oh, wow.
0: she's sitting in the session. Yeah, two of them, of oh. two of the five, the mom See, was there. Is, there you go. There's they And
3: when when was send me messages back and forth. Yeah. You know how was Jan doing? You know or whatever. That's not their name, but you know what I mean. But you know, and I'm like, I really can't tell you yeah. how he's doing. Like it's, but I think there is like the family unit there is different, and the, there's more honor in, in that too. But you know, it's funny. I, 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 I work with
1: I work with somebody from China, mm-hmm. and one of the things that she was telling me is that there is such a major push in China for mental health. Really? Yes. yes. Huh. And. um and they, 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 it's it's a big topic of discussion. They're, they, they're doing all types of things. And so one of the things, when I spoke with her, I just asked, what is it that causes such a disconnect? She says, most Asians that are here in the United States usually work seven days a week, right? If they have little small shops. They want to be involved, but they're never asked.
3: Yeah. To be involved in the
1: community. To, yes. They okay. want to be involved in the community. They're never asked. Nobody has information that is translated in Chinese to be able to just get somebody interested and say, oh, they do have this. Oh, they do have this. You know what I mean? Nobody has that. Most people mm-hmm. don't have that. Now, most stuff's translated in Spanish, mm-hmm. but most stuff is not translated in Chinese or given an opportunity. So, so no access think, to resources due to well, language Well Exactly. Yeah. And then you have the language barrier, but nobody... Did. But think about that. If it's, if it's about diversity and all these other things, why is that not a priority?
0: Well, because it's... Uh once again i think it's the wrong people like reach like it, it, starting the conversation like if it's um like some like say it's i'm in the high school who's going to lead it my counselor who's probably disconnected from any kind of diversity in the first place but speaking from an immigrant standpoint um that's very true about that literature cuz i used to talk to my mom and dad about like you know health and stuff like that and and talk to them about all these different things that are trending today that are popular and they just would have a disconnect because i was speaking english to them but then they were watching pakistani tv and those doctors and people like that were talking to them in their native tongue they started listening and started being oh i understand now and I asked my mom and dad, I'm like, what you didn't believe me? Like, what's going on? So they're like, is that we didn't believe? It's not that we didn't believe you. It's that for some reason, like, I got it. They were finally hearing it. It does make a difference, brain-wise, so on it, it, how what? it's presented, literature, orally, and everything else, and and written down. And going out to like talking to a Chinese person in a Chinese shop, you're not going to have a huge conversation. It's very. It's not like your barbershop in America, you know? Like, you're going to have a lot of detailed <clears throat> conversation. It is very, we're going to stay in our little bubble. Because my parents used to tell me all the time, like, don't make waves. And I was like, well, wait, what's wrong? They, they were always very scared. They were just trying to protect their family. Didn't want to, you know. So very, very kind of like out of the limelight, out of the spotlight. And then it's different for us because I grew up here. So I'm like... You know, I feel American, and I'm just like, okay, well, I got all these freedoms and rights. <laughs> you know, it's like, but they they come from a different space, and I Absolutely. and I feel like that with a lot of Asians or anyone else who's new to America is not necessarily a country to me. It's an idea. It's right. a living, breathing idea.
1: And like, but like you said, you put yeah, a brochure in their hand. Yeah, yeah. That they yeah. can sit back and and read. Yeah. It's just a different. Uh, idea, you know, Yeah, I
0: mean because where else in this world can you bring all these different I was reading there's over like how many thousands of languages in America spoken. And I was just playing this guessing game one day with Google and I was like, Oh maybe it's India, maybe it's this and I, and I was like, Oh, I forgot. United States has one of almost every kind of human being on the mm-hmm. planet lives in America and so it's like um that's why the diversity is important But American culture should be about the ideas. And I think that's where a lot of stuff is happening right now. That's happening in the African American, or excuse me, black American community. And I want to make this statement because a lot of black people are generally conservative by nature, and the Democrats are losing their appeal on minorities, period, because their appeal is not that way minorities like me are starting to look in different directions of like I just don't like everyone just cuz they have a D on their shirt or an I on their shirt or whatever like I'm talking to a lot of my republican friends and I'm like yeah we I th- I'm supposed to hate you about something and I'm just like, but I don't really I remember hate you. This you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to hate you. But, come to you. yeah, yeah. But but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like I, I'm not looking at anyone like red and D. I'm looking at like I want to get to know John. Like that's how our conversations would go. He'd be all fired up by something. And I'd get all fired up, and then we'd just talk about it. And we had no choice but to talk about it because we're stuck in a room. Did you together. disagree with each other? Huh? Did you disagree with each other? Yeah, we disagreed with each other sometimes, you know, but we always came to a conclusion of some point, a civil conclusion. He would conclude that I'm correct. Yeah. He yeah. Yeah. apologize. That's, that's what that's always, that usually <laughs> would happen. No.
3: It's, what's funny about that is, like, disagreeing with somebody doesn't, like, it, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's like, not the same. Like, like, conflict is fine, right? Yeah. Like, conflict is where trust is built. If you guys can have an argument a, a quarrel, a verbal quarrel, if you will, or a discussion, then and still be friends and have and really rely on the bedrock of the commonality between you two. You know, that's what really matters. That's in leadership too. You have but a team you can't of people. do that
1: anymore, Chris, when you talk about like we talked about this before, it's like the upward basketball mentality. Everybody gets a trophy, right? So everybody <laughs> wins. Yeah. So I can't lose in an argument. I can't be wrong and you can't correct me. You know what I mean? People yeah. don't want to seek out real information right. and facts, right? Huh. And to learn. It's about what, my opinion, is what matters. I just saw this. Um, they were talking about, um, they, they were talking on college campuses about abortion and about Roe v. Wade. And they were asking how everybody felt about Roe v. Wade. So everybody was, no, look, they, you shouldn't, you know, it's my body, my rights. And everybody was going, so then they asked the next question, well, how do you feel about vaccine mandates? And then they were like, Oh, you should. Yeah, everybody should be mandated. <laughs> and then when they asked them a question again, it was like then they stop and think. Well, shoot, wait, it's the same thing, ain't it? And then they start going back and say, "You mean to tell me that you've been in college this whole time? You never thought about it could possibly be the same thing? Like that? There, there's a you. You don't like you like it here, but you don't like it here. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? But you never stop to think. And so because of that, these people walk around like loaded guns, arguing, screaming, cussing, throwing stuff at people. I saw this the other day. This one, this one really blew my mind. These people who don't like oil went to some art museum, and it was, do you see this? And it was an oil painting, and they threw soup all over it because they didn't like the oils that were used in a painting, it, which was is a million-dollar Go- painting. I think and it was just, a Van Gogh Yeah, Van Gogh painting, is. and you're just sitting there like, why? 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 What, what, what did you gain from going in there destroying this?
3: It's clout chasing, man. We live in a, a world of clout chasing. Everybody's trying to, look how woke I am. Look
2: how... The social media.
3: Yeah, it's world. it's all clout chasing. Clout, clout, clout. At 100%. You know, it's like,
0: that makes no sense at all. It's not about what you have anymore. It's about how woke you are. You're right. how many people look <laughs> yeah. at you.
3: It's about how many people look yeah, at you. Yeah, how many likes look you Look at get. the people that can't be canceled. Okay, take Joe Rogan, for instance. You know, they put out that video of him saying the N-word 3,000 times or whatever, you know. But they avoid like all the other hours yes that the guy's been on and but you know who didn't get canceled Jerogen because he's so famous and rich you can't cancel that you can't cancel someone yeah. it's it's it's
0: it's they got they... Yeah, independent power and yeah. that, that's what it's about yeah. it's about your freedom and independence and we're slowly losing our individual freedoms and independence and that's what we should cherish most because I don't care if your government is run by the You know, the holiest man on the planet. You should still protect your individual freedom and liberty.
4: Yeah, now... So I'm an I'm a learning and development trainer for a mm-hmm. call center, and we've been recently. I've been doing like this huge empathy training for all of the representatives. I feel for you. And, yeah, it's been awful. I'm um, but I've had a lot of feedback um, from people and, and arguments about showing empathy. But anyhow, um, there's a part in there that we talk about in empathetic interpretation, and listening to people's stories, and and you know mm-hmm. that and a lot of the things that I've been telling the, the people is. There's a huge issue in today's society where people are listening to respond and not listening to understand where people are coming from. And I think that is a whole lot of what is going on, especially for all these people that are constantly, you know, protesting and, and doing all this stuff and, and they're not they're not listening to the other side of the story. They're just listening, well, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. And not necessarily Listening to understand their other the other point of views for things. I have plenty of friends on both sides of the, you know, spectrum for different ideas and stuff like that. Does not define you whatsoever. You can agree to disagree and move on with your life and you don't have to end relationships over things like that. And I just think that it's such such a big thing right now that people need to understand where other people are coming from and not just shut yourself down to your only mindset. I agree with
1: The that fact too. That you're having to
3: teach that sorry it's
1: Right,
4: Chris. Right.
3: The fact you're having to teach that to people in a call center. A call center uh-huh. where they should be listening.
4: I know. <laughs> it's and to and me. that's like I get so much like pushback on it. Like Really? Just empathy in general. Like, oh well why should we do have to do this? I'm like, well the fact is this is your job. This is what they they're have- wanting you to do. So point boils down to either do it or leave. I mean, you know, like they're like, Well, twenty years ago we would have been having this conversation. I'm like, Well, times change, sorry. Like so what do you want me infa- to is it say? empathy
3: for each other or for people on the phone? For
4: the uh, empathy for people on the phone. So if
3: people feel listened to you, they're more likely to do what you want right, to like, do. Right.
4: Like well, I'm like, well when someone calls in about a scenario you know, mm-hmm. listen to what's going on. You
3: repeat it back to them. Yeah, listening. repeat it
4: back to them. Understand so what this about, could be blah, blah, causing blah, blah. for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and then move on to the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. empathize. Hey, this must stink for you. This must suck, you know. How Sorry, you, this is disappointing. How do you
0: teach empathy? It's, I, I, really it's hard. either you have it or you don't. Yeah, it's
4: really hard. Mostly it's it. word it's word yeah, choices mostly. Um, because I'm naturally yeah. empathetic, so it just yeah. comes really naturally for me. But the people that aren't nat- naturally empathetic, it's mostly word choice. But that's
1: that's the problem. The it lines have been the lines have been blurred, right? Mm-hmm. They're blurred so badly that you can't just because of this whole woke culture and all this yeah. other stuff. the lines are so blurred that you can't just do you know basic stuff anymore, right? Like the one thing that we talk about, whether you you can have arguments all you want, but there has to be some forms of truth and facts somewhere. Yeah. there has to be and if there's not then that's why you can always keep doing what you know so when like she's talking about right let's just be realistic like this is why this thing this this whole idea that this ideology that's happening now sucks It's because of you came in here filled out an application and gave me your resume you wanted a job so the job says you have to be empathetic towards the people that call in here and you have to be able to listen to what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. Your job is not to fix their problem or do whatever. Your job is to listen and help them. It's almost like a life coach. You help them find the answer in themselves and then they move forward, right? That's what you signed up for. That is your job and that's what I'm going to pay you to do. And then you walk in here and say, I, why no. I, well, I got to listen to that? Yeah. They're all stupid. You know, this is what this is. Or I don't I don't agree with that. Is so why should I listen? When the truth is what? I'm paying you right now to do this job. And this is what you said when I asked you in your interview process, does this what you want to do? Yeah, I want to do it. But then you walk in here and then you want to say, Why should we have to do this? And then you start changing the narrative, changing the lines and move because the lines are so blurred because this is our bottom line. Our bottom line is giving them an outlet. To speak, mm-hmm. to be heard and to help them find a the solution within themselves because you can't fix everything. It's like, I work on our crisis lines, mm-hmm. so I understand. And when you're sitting there talking to somebody, we I, people have been calling in for 20, 30 years, obviously something's not clicking. The whole goal is now at this point, I'm just listening.
5: Yep.
1: I'm just going to listen to the conversation. I'm not, I don't even offer solutions. I don't even offer a whole lot of advice because at the end of the day, that's not what they're looking for. They just need to get it out. They probably are lonely, don't have anybody to talk to. And then they get it out of their system and they move forward.
4: Well, hey, active listening is empathy. Oh, 100%. it lets that emotional burden get off of
1: them. 100%. And that, but like you're saying, if I have to explain this to you for a job that you applied for. That's true. We have a problem, Houston. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. When the lines are blurred, it's like I can come into your job and I should be able to tell you how to run your business and your organization. And you can't tell me anything because I got all the answers and I ain't have no, I don't have no information I don't have no facts I don't have anything else I'm just going off base of what I feel and that should be enough
3: yeah I work for a company and they uh, had this thing that, like we're all about meritocracy best idea wins mm-hmm. you know which is it's like a bunch of bull crap because it, it's go, it, a lot of companies create this culture of they um, a farce of you have a say mm-hmm. you don't you don't own the company
4: yeah uh, <laughs>
3: you yeah. don't you, you know, have no you say but they will make you think you do in a
4: very small person, come on
0: guys we're changing the world yeah come on one, it's all fake one, one day at a time it's
3: all fake team it's all fake it's really these people want to get paid more they're paid more when they get paid more and and but it's, it's that is a huge trend is that companies make you feel like you're our family and all this kind of stuff and it's, and it's trickery is what it is and it's smart to do you know you want people to stay around and feel like do you think work.
0: that's why people you, they can't hold a job down anymore like i'm talking to restaurant owners i'm talking to hospital people everything like factories like people just don't want to work is it because we've they've mastered the trickery and they're like screw it man I don't need I just need a couple hundred bucks to pay my light bill I'm out I'll go get another job
1: it's a fact because and so many people are there's, doing there's that there's a lot they, of variables they, there they, they really there's a lot yeah, of variables you're right yeah. though I mean I'm, I'm I got a lot of friends that are struggling to keep their businesses because people don't stay. Yeah. but it's like walk into a restaurant here's, here's how you know walk into a restaurant about 8 o'clock at night right before maybe an hour before they close and go in and try to order some food and watch what happens mm. people they don't know how to talk to you yeah. they don't know how to treat you they yeah. barely make eye contact You know what I mean? Your food usually won't come out right, and the restaurant's usually disgusting.
0: Yeah, so this is where the whole thing that people are going to, we're going to lose mass jobs, and this is where automation is going to take place. I'm sorry, if I can get my stuff from a robot there, no. without attitude. It's no, true. no, seriously. No. If yeah. I can call you're right. it. I, and this is where it's going. This is, I think, this is the next wow, evolution right. of human <laughs> beings because people are shitty.
1: We oh, weird I, I, just, I'm to not shitty cutting people. you off. I just had to say this. We was in Kroger the other, yeah. yesterday yeah, and there was... Eight to ten Kroger's employees Don't up the even front.
3: not on this. I'm everybody
1: be was in the self checkout lines because yeah. they would not open up the other. Yeah, <laughs> hours for everybody. So every it's, it's fifty of us. Yeah. And you mean tell me not two of y'all can open a register? <laughs> you like, know what I mean? Listen, if you and I had a
3: bunch of robots to do our job, you and I'd sit around too. <laughs> 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 you know? Like you know, that's what it is. They're like. The robots will handle. No, it. no, R- I'm seriously, I'm seriously
0: out? picturing this envision. Like if, yeah, if people right. don't get their shit together, that's, that's what's going to come because humans are problem solvers, right? I'm I'm thinking of John. Like right now, it's like you know what? I don't need you fools. I got a bunch of robots that put up these lines faster and do things. I, I'm I'm just saying out of the left field mm-hmm. here, but I can see this happening in every industry, from teaching to you know what. Uh, because people, they can't get their act together because they're just like, well, I'll just get another job. I, like, whatever happened to that hard work equation? Yeah. I don't care if you're a CEO or you work at McDonald's. That hard work has to be there in order for you to become successful.
2: You know, and just use I, the word work, work. not you, even hard work. You, you, <laughs> you cannot blame the people for this, though. It, automation is going to happen no matter what. No matter how good of work you are, because automation thing. No, part no, of benefits, it, it speeds it up. It doesn't call out sick. I'm, you know, and yeah. it, this is why Elon Musk, whether yeah. you're a fan or not, he, he said eventually we're, there's going to have to be a universal income because robots are going to take over, uh, and so many it's things will be automated. automated. There's just not going to be enough jobs for people yeah. to do. Hey, have you it, read
1: on that Elon Musk thing where he was talking about uh, the robots will make minimum wage for low income people? Uh, No, I haven't seen seen this. So his plan was, it's kind of like what you're talking about. He he had a plan that at some point in the future, these robots will do the work, but they will pay these people, kind of like government assistance, like taking it out, but these people who don't work, these robots will do the work and these people will get the income.
0: Interesting. Why would I I pay them to do nothing when I can just wipe them out with a vaccine? Yeah, they do it now. (laughs) That's a great We pay Why would I do that when I can just wipe them out with a vaccine? Case closed. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, I mean, no, seriously, like, my brain goes in this realm because I feel ultimately there's always this pool between power and this and that. And, like, it's kind of like this whole Star Wars thing in my Head. it's like okay the empire and then you know at times they're good and then at times they're bad and then like it's this constant pool between power good and evil and things of that
1: nature yes but we've th- never seen the world like this either we've never seen it like this well
0: i've, I've only lived a short amount of time, i'm saying though right? no, in our time period yeah. in our time <laughs> <laughs>
1: on this earth we've not i know i'm just saying yeah. on our time period we've never seen it like this this is a. This is all. It's, it's so chance. much information out there. There's so serious? much information. There's so much power out there. There's so many opportunities. I mean, they said during COVID, um, OnlyFans made more millionaires than you than ever. Right? Yeah. Would you ever true. thought that power that was going to be? Mind. You know, what I mean, I'm just saying, people, girls are selling feet, pics, and farts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, bro. Farts in like, a jar. You, you, yeah, farts in a jar. Like, who yeah. does that? Becoming but millionaires. But my point is, we never thought we would see some of the things that we're seeing today. And you're living. We're living through. That's creativity. We watched George Floyd get killed with a man's knee on his neck in the middle on on, on camera. On camera. For the whole world to see. Right? We watch. We're seeing things that we never. We're seeing. Even our president can't complete a sentence. He's asking for dead people like six cents. You know what yeah. I mean? We've seen they're going. You know, we every president we've ever seen has taken documents out of there, yeah. and we're going. We're watching them go after this one, but never these these yeah. other people. George Bush Look, with his documents, right? You see what I'm thing? saying? Yeah. Like this inform, the, the stuff that we're seeing, like the world, the Russia's going to war with Ukraine. It doesn't defies logic yeah. in our world. Like it doesn't make sense, but we're seeing these things happen. So now you see the stage is set for a world war, yeah. right? We're seeing it happen. We're seeing they're they're taking. Um, Men, uh, cross-dressing men, to elementary schools. You know what I mean? To dance in front of kids. Th- that's happening. We're teaching kids things that we never would have. We didn't get taught. You know, this information was never coming to us. That they're throwing it at our children right now. We're having dressing rooms for kids who, and forcing kids to take on an ideology and things like. We're seeing things happen in ways we never thought would be possible. And so now that they're happening this way, we are sitting here. And and the game and shit. Like just take just take the drug game, right? When did you ever I mean, I've never thought in a million years that you would see drugs like this in a synthetic world and what it's doing to people. Mm. It's when you talk about like the zombie apocalypse, this is it. In a major way. I mean, people don't want to say it, but I mean it is it's awful what's happening to people and they're never coming back. This drug game has changed so much that these people I, I work with them every single day and I'm telling you, I watch this progression, they're not coming back. Yeah. Less than 1% survival of methamphetamines, right? But yet they won't tell you that. Right? It's a scary thought process Therefore, that's happening, right? And we're talking about synthetic. Do you understand that at some point fentanyl will be the bottom drug? Yeah. Think about what I'm telling you. They got a drug that just came out from China called ISO. It's a different kind of fentanyl, it's a thousand times stronger than any other fentanyl out. Why?
0: What? I mean, what does that do to you? Death. Like. like yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, just a beard. Like, I mean, it's just like, like, how no, high do you need to get? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, think about it, that. A it
1: thousand times, huh? Does it lasts longer, or what is it? It's a th- it we don't know exactly. How is it put stronger? In. It's a thousand times stronger. It's called. It's a. It's a long word. They just reduce it to ISO. If I could say the whole word, you probably better have an understanding yeah. of what's all in it, mm-hmm. all the difficult chemicals in it. So there's two of them that just came. One starts with. One is ISO, Another one starts with a p. And then there's parafluorofentanyl, which is a whole other group. It's, a, it's It has like ten different. Ten different things in the family, but parafluor is just kind of how they just lumped it in one. And it's actually fifty times stronger than the car fentanyl. So like, we had a we had a young well, there was a young lady. In Are Mount you talking Stirl- about concentrated? Who? Is that what we're
3: talking about? Like the concentrate of it?
1: I, I don't know. Hmm. I, I have that part. I haven't gotten. to. When
3: you say fent- like fentanyl's stronger, I'm like this much fentanyl will kill you.
1: Yes. You know. So it's. So this peel, though is it? It's hmm. it's. I guess how they're putting it in peel form. So if you would take so like they're like oxy thirties now that they use that they replace. Mm-hmm. But they're pressed fentanyl. So half of it is fentanyl, and then the other half is the oxy. Right.
0: See, these pharmaceutical companies? Is that, yeah. it's, it's these people that are trying to pull people off drugs They're putting them on drugs because the pharmaceutical companies are just making trillions First off First of all, if
1: you offer the cure, then there's no company. That's <laughs> true. It's just be, mostly, listen, yeah. nobody wants to be honest about it. At the end of the yeah. day, it's like six cents. Like I tell you this, yeah. when the lady's putting pine saw in the suit, mm-hmm. she wasn't trying to kill her. She's trying to keep her sick because as long as she was sick, she had a purpose. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah. We keep you sick Long enough to keep you as a client. If we get you out of there, then we who gets paid? And you got to be honest. Why, I mean, nobody why can't wants to people say
0: wake up to that simple idea? When you talk to him, I talk to the patients in the office. Yeah, it's bad, dog. You know, like uh, it's like you know all this shit's bad. Then don't don't do it. <laughs> like don't do it. Like don't jump off that bridge every time. Like here's the thing about like
3: pain. Like I have chronic pain, but there's not a lot like. I can't take oxycodone because I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in, in Narcotics Anonymous as well, you know, So, but I can't take pain medication because I'll get addicted to it and I can't, there's no real stem cell, like, stuff around here. There's no really options for people. People who are in pain are in pain. They want to get out of pain, you know? Healthcare is just deplorable, you know, mm-hmm. because, like, okay, for instance, I would go to nursing homes every day and I work with these people who are, um, have, like, um, they get physical therapy to get out of the nursing home, but here's what they do: they only give them six sessions, and then they stop for a month. And every one of them will say to me, "Yeah, I was doing really good in my PT, but then my insurance ran out. I got to wait for it to come back around." So they can make progress,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and then they atrophy again, and then they then they get a little hope and they come back again. So it's like keeping them there, keeping them like. You know, the insurance is paying. Keeping, you know, the, the the nursing home, which, you know, I'm glad these people have a place to go and all that kind of thing. But it's built in to keep you 100%. in. 100 And every time I go, I'm like, you know, I, I I just do mental health stuff. I just talk to people for so long and, you know, help them with that. But um, it's just interesting that the insurance company is what
1: ke- is keeping the person sick. You it's- keep If you bring two people... I'm sorry. Ahead,
4: no, no. I was going to say it's it's because the insurance and the nursing home are in it together. My grandpa's okay. in a nursing mm-hmm. home right now. Mm-hmm. He just broke his hip and his femur. Where's he
5: yeah?
4: Uh, not around here. I'm oh, from okay. I'm from Cleveland, so they're all up there. Yeah, you don't see um, here. but it costs $11,000 out of pocket to be a month mm-hmm. it, to be in that nursing mm-hmm. home. Well, yeah. For one month, $11,000. Go yeah, You're going to the rest of your life
1: on. And if you guys watch Dave Chappelle's last special, one of the things he said when they were, where they asked him about this stuff and he was talking about the the $50 million that he was supposed, he said, what, what happens is when they write your contract, you can't read it. It's not something that he can read. So what do you have to do? You have to hire an attorney and you have to hire an attorney and then the attorney helps you interpret what you're reading and then you have to hire this. So the reason why he can't ever do another Chappelle show is because when he signed his first contract, he signed over his rights to his name they call it, the, in the terms, is through the universe. That means he even said even if he went to Mars, yeah, he couldn't oh. do a Chappelle show, right? So when you sign these contracts, so he said, he he, he, he gave this analogy of 3 card money, and he was showing how he went out there, and he had 60 bucks and was going to go on a date. He watched this guy win, and he said, I got it. So he goes out and puts the 60 bucks, lost. He said he stayed it for two hours, and he watched the whole event, and he figured out that they were all in it together. And then he he snapped on one guy and they put a gun to him and said, never come between a man and his money. So then later he said, as he was looking at how he, the reason why he left and went to Africa and everybody called him crazy, he said for that very reason, he said, when he looked back at it, everyone was in on the deal Mm -hmm. and everybody got a piece. So so what happens if the lawyer actually works for the company and writes the contract? Mm
5: -hmm. Mm.
1: So now what's happening is it wasn't that he was getting paid and he got to pay a percentage to the company and he had to pay here. He's basically getting this money and giving it right back to the people who own it. Yep. That's what happens to these rappers and all these other people, these musicians who don't know a contract. And it goes right back to it. The other thing I want to say, and you should notice, and I think you would notice too, based on that, what you said. In the insurance company, if, if you take somebody who makes $100,000 or more and somebody who makes $20,000, and you, they both have to go into recovery, they go into treatment, right? Mm-hmm. The person who makes $100,000, his insurance will say, 10, you got 10 days get back to work yeah. the other person it's a revolving door you can go as many times as you want right Yeah. and there's a so that, that that to me has been one of the big things that has blown my mind so if you have private insurance they're going to tell you uh uh-uh, we ain't doing this you got 10 days to get your butt back to work so if, if it's if it's a disease concept if it's all these things that you say then how is it for this person who makes a lot of money it's hey get back to work you're good you, sh- you got this figured out but this other person come as many times as you want
5: yeah I mean, I
3: went to Damn. listen. I, I mean, I'm very open about this. facts on that. Like, I went to rehab <laughs> about <laughs> three. I, I went to rehab rehab three three and a half years ago. It cost thirty thousand dollars. I paid, I think either ten or twenty thousand dollars myself, and it was swanky rehab. I'm not gonna lie. I was in a mansion with a chef and the whole deal. It was Dang. pretty badass, really. It was really <laughs> great. But and I had, but I went for forty five days, and that's how much it cost. It's Whoa. like you know. 800 it's, bucks a day or whatever. So
4: insurance covered a part of a that part then. of it. Yeah. Part
3: of it. But it didn't, but, but I, I was in a rehab at the very beginning of it and it was more of a Medicaid type rehab. Yeah. And my uh, wife at the time came and got me um, out of there because I was, I'm a social worker so everybody was my client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I started treating everybody I was in there with like my yeah. client. She's yeah. like, I got to get you out of here. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but it is interesting the difference of the of the care people get in in, in this country. And like what it is also is that the um, the insurance company is, is in, in on it in, in such a way that 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 it's rich people can't get well. You know what I mean? Like they, they can't they can't
1: No, they dictate your they dictate your rate. It's just like car insurance. You get into a car accident. It's also drugs too. Absolutely. You're gonna get aftermarket parts you're going to they're going to give you a percentage of it your car's going to lose its value it's all this mm-hmm. stuff it, the system is so rigged and then so like i got into health insurance and i and i, I started i'm tra- getting to certified to be a licensed agent and as I, I started going through these classes i started the very first day of taking this class i learned very quickly holy smoke there's a whole nother world out here that i know nothing about there's so much money moving throughout this country throughout this world that is never discussed talked about or whatever and because of that that it changes the game and so like all these rich people knew how to make their money make more money and they could do it off the backs of lower income people everything and they could do it so easily dump money into an annuity let it sit there don't pay taxes pull it back out get your money back and some and no other it's just crazy how the system works and how it's designed so when you talk about insurance and stuff it's 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 all tied in together it's all directly connected they dictate it and because First of all, you know they have to because of all that money that's moving around. Think about all the people who don't have car accidents and that are paying the premiums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That money's going somewhere, somehow, and it's insane. I know and you're why, a doctor, so you yeah, know.
0: I know why people do drugs. It's because if you start thinking about everything that we're talking about right now, it's enough to like put you in depression. So you might as well get high
4: yes and that I breaks, mean if oh, you're geez.
0: like standstill right yes. like I'm I'm getting anxiety just by listening to this stuff because it's just like there's nothing up. we can do yeah I mean what what's the game stay plan? healthy so do that I tell my kids this I'm like there's at one time I was programmed like it's like you know working with companies you're gonna save the world and I got off that I ain't Superman. I'm not a Marvel hero. I don't save shit. But I can do is educate my kids and say you're gonna have to learn. Knowledge is power. I never understood mm. that in life until I'm adult now. So I can I can I finally understand that. And everything we're discussing is the people that are knowledgeable can survive this rat race that we call whatever life. Right. Yeah, and that. I
1: mean that it's a it's a sad, it's a it's a sad thing but it's a good thing' is there's a blessing in the disguise, right? because you don't want to walk around here being blind to the fact and just allowing any and everything to happen to your life you don't you want to have some kind of awareness you want to have some kind of understanding, but one thing you do realize the world is so big. Yeah. remember Superman <laughs> when he was sitting in the room man of steel and he was in it it's too big, it's too big, and his mom's telling him she goes, We'll make it smaller, you know what I mean, shrink it, you have to. Because this idea that we've been taught our whole lives, you can be anything you want, do whatever you want, that's not real. It's just not. I mean, I know it sounds good on paper. You know what I mean? There's Mm -hmm. certain things that are never going to happen. These things are symbols. It's like, tell me I can be LeBron James. Well, I can't because I can't be 6'8", and I can't go to the NBA, and I can't do those things. And I can play basketball. I can't do it on those levels. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? There's certain things that I don't have, attributes I don't have. But because we live in a world that won't tell you that truth, yeah. but they can. it's like this. You dangle the carrot in front of people, and you let them do it for so long. And this is one of the things, this is one of the ways that they were able to keep slave slaves, right? They told them one it was biblical. They told them they would keep you 40 acres and a mule. You, this is what you will promise that God will give you one day. And so when they read about slavery, they left the promised land out of the Bible, but they gave them the slavery part. So they dangled the carrot in front of them. So there's no way you can have 800 slaves on a plantation and five people living in a house.
0: Yeah. That's where people got mad at Kanye and said... He wouldn't be a slave or something like he, he wouldn't... Like, it was a choice, mm-hmm. right? When he got
1: me to slave, it yeah. was a choice. Yeah,
0: and I and I still think about that. I'm like, yeah, he didn't say it out of empathy. Come on, Kanye. <laughs> like, you know, the whole thing with him wearing the White Lives Matter shirt? Mm-hmm. That was huge explosion on the news, and I knew exactly why he did it. Number one, his main reason was attention. Okay, because he's an attention whore. Yeah. And number two, uh, the, the reason... He explained why he did it was to make a point how it would be more acceptable because he's wearing it, and then people wouldn't, like, because automatically when I felt like when they wore a Black Lives Matter shirt, like, people just got offended. And, like, without even having any empathy, well, all lives matter. Well, yes, but we're talking about this issue right now, you know. But then when he wore the White Lives... Matter shirt, I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure other people have wore it before, but his platform allowed it to stir motions and cause a debate and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know what? At the end of the day, everything is just words on the t-shirt. Like, we got to get down to reality. What's actually happening? And people are getting off it. Like, oh, he's wearing a Duke sweatshirt. Ooh, you know, like, does it even matter? You know, it's just like, it's... It's at the end of
1: the day. It just matters because what's attached to it.
0: Yeah, what's attached to it. It's just, and I'm just like, okay, if you all don't see that he's just doing this to get attention and row people
1: up, and see, but have, I don't, I don't agree with yeah. that. I don't yeah. agree with attention. I uh, believe he has a mission, and I believe he's finally come to a point. Listen, I was in the beginning, I was yeah. on the same fence. Kanye's yeah. crazy, yeah. But the one thing that is the one thing that we haven't done. It's the same thing. Like, what yeah. we, what, what have we been here in the last year? Putin's nuts, yeah. Right, but you never heard from Putin. I ain't, I don't. Think I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying you yeah, want to. Yeah. I'm not telling you we agree with. It. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you've never heard from him to know what the, what's the cause of what's going on in this, right? So we don't know anything. All we know is whatever. If we took it based on the information we we're giving, just like I told you, my yeah. whole life I was raised to think that something's wrong with you, yeah. even though I'm a black male and I deal with my own stuff, yeah. I'm still thinking something's wrong with you because of what's been instilled in me my whole life. So when you look at what Kanye was saying, he has been. Everybody has put him out there to be crazy. Right, mm-hmm. and but when you listen to his full story, what he what people didn't tell you is: Did you know that there was a there was a Jewish uh, whatever owner, whatever, who took that White Lives Matter shirt and immediately started profiting off of it? Oh, I'm sure. Of it. Took yeah. it and and selling it, but they don't talk about that. And his whole point was there was more to his story that why he did what he did. It wasn't about. I mean, I understand why it looks like yeah. attention. I get it. And I'm not knocking what you said. I understand. He I, said he said
0: publicly. That Did you see how many likes and tweets I
1: got just because my t-shirt? I just watched an interview an this ego, morning while yeah. why he explained why he did what the, no, he did. No, I'm not saying yeah. did, no, no. I'm not saying <laughs> But anyway, my whole point to what, even what he was saying is that I just think that when I said earlier the lines are blurred and they've all been jaded mm-hmm. and screwed up is that there's no way to find the message in anything mm-hmm. anymore because it's so messed up. Truthfully, it is so Too messed up. So much of information. Right? Take yeah, BLM, yeah, like yeah. you said, right? Yeah. Black lives should matter. Yeah. But there's an organization that profited off of it. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And they profited so much. So you can't look at this anymore and say black lives matter. Yeah. Because if you say that, we don't know. Are you talking about do black lives matter or are you talking about the organization? Yes. Right? Yeah. So what they've done is they just took it away from... the the, the reality of what's really happening. The the fact that George Floyd died the way that he did and nobody did a thing about it, it's crazy that he has to fight through a lawsuit. His family has to do all this stuff to prove that this happened. And the fact of the matter is, there's still people dying the same way, right? That's not changing. So when you look at these situations, that should be the focal point. But this organization was promised so much money that now who wants to get in that fight? Right,
0: and that—that's why I brought that conversation about the T-shirt because it got so much other things, and I'm seeing reaction and and you know people who've never spoke up before get up, Wow, wow finally, you know, it's like like shut the hell up, like first of all, it's, it's all about putting it out there and get attention. Yeah, well, black like,
1: people got just as ignorant. Yeah, that's what, I mean. that's what I'm Denial, saying. Like seem yeah, hating yeah. him, and yeah, and, or they're talking about uh, you know, like so when do so do lives matter or are they not? They matter. All lives right. matter. Yeah. But the everything. problem is, yeah. if We're you look at this DE&I, right? It's the new yeah. it's the new platform yeah. that's that's going around the country. that's training people diversity, yeah. and, um, equality and um, what's the last one. Yeah. D-E-I. <laughs> uh, what's
5: inclusion.
1: <laughs> inclusion. Sorry. I don't I know it. <laughs> e- equality and inclusion.
3: But isn't inclusion more important than diversity?
1: Like inclusion Well, I think it's it should be than it's, than, it's like well, it's a lie. One of us is like, nope, it's, we're not equal. It's more of an operative word. Why do I have yes. to include
0: everybody? We're like, not equal. Like, that's, if that's I it. don't like you, do I have <laughs> to include you, too? Like, if I don't, like, I, I, I truly, like, I'm like this now. It's like, I, I get it. I would never hurt anybody's feelings. And if someone was left out, I would definitely, hey, man, I feel you left out over there. Come on in. But if, like, if you don't like somebody, like, and why do I have to be included with you? Like if
1: I if someone doesn't like me, I'm not going to be inclusion. is not yeah. it's not real though. It's another one of these yeah. words that has been hijacked, right? It's yeah. not real because if it if it's if it's so real and if it's so equal and it works, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's not equality either. We're not equal. Yeah, we're never going to be equal, and yeah. people need to get that. That's their just, head. that's that, right there. You're that saying
0: is, that's shaking some
2: nerves right now.
0: Oh, I hope so people it does. are like, oh, we're not.
1: Yeah, e- we're not, here's how what you, you know we're not. not equal. Equal. Okay, so right. if if we're going to say. We can walk into a classroom and teach this to kids, right? Yeah. And everybody said we should be allowed to, we should teach sexuality, right? But if I walked into that same classroom and start teaching the Bible,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Can, game can, over. Yeah. You walk into a classroom and start teaching about the Quran. Oh, they won't even let Game me do over. Right? So where's the equality? Where's hard. the inclusion? Yeah. Right? If we start telling yeah. each one of our companies you need to start praying five times a day, like we are. It's not going to work. No. So there is no equality. That, that's out, man. And that's just, it's just a, a, an illusion that people are putting out there for people to just, it just gives you something to hold on to. But it's not real. It's never going to be real. You know, if they say men and women are equal, we're equal until I hit you. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're
3: a lot I mean, real disparity mean. Yeah. is... Unless mine. she's an MMA or something. I mean, <laughs> real disparity is mine. What's the haves hat. and the have-nots. <laughs> that's the real problem. It's the haves correct. and the have-nots. It's the people who have money and the people who don't have money.
0: Thanks, and that's Stacks. what I'm trying to teach my kids to get It has some nothing money. to do with,
3: I mean, <laughs> it's really love. not black and white. It's really yeah. not, it's not really, you know, uh, p- p- people of color, people of color, whatever. It's really money. Money is everything. The people who have money and the people who don't have money. Yeah. That's and who it, has the power. I mean, I'm
4: bringing it to the the men and women are not equal. I cannot stand when people say that they are. Like, I am not, like, a hardcore feminist or anything, like mm-hmm. what some people today are, and they're all like, oh, well, a woman can do anything that a man can do. That's just not true. I mean, some things, yeah, like, John's job, it's very physically demanding. It's very, um, it's, like you said, a man's world. Um, like, you have to have a certain type of mindset in order to be a part of that job. Can some women do it? Absolutely. There are right. more than likely multiple women that can do that job, and they're kind of built for that job. Me, personally, I would not want anything to do with that job. I don't want to be digging ditches all day. I don't Absolutely. want to be ha- hearing what they say yeah. all day. You're teaching about empathy. Uh, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I'm more feelings. of an empathetic person. And then when people say that there's an eight, the wa- excuse me, a wage gap in the country, well, it's because I want to do something that's more... Like a sit down job, I've worked from home for six years mm-hmm. doing right. you know call center work, and I'm fine with that. Like that's right. I would rather do that than what he does. I could go sign up at the sure. IVW tomorrow and start the job and make as much as he does. But, but no, ain't it crazy? To.
1: It's not the other way around. Like men are not running around here yeah. fighting. To, I want to stay at home right. and take care of the kids. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. We're not fighting to do the same things, or we're not saying I we're equal with women. We should be able to have the you know we should yeah. be able to stay home for. At when, during pregnancies it's not like, we're not doing those same things so that's, that's what I'm getting back to It's just like we're not equal and mm-hmm. this. this idea that we are and one thing I do got to say to you Chris I do believe I do believe about the haves and have nots I, I agree mm-hmm. with that too but I honestly will say this the more that I have studied the more that I've read there it be, as long as that black and white issue exists because there was always a hatred that was attached to it mm-hmm. it was the first time in the world's history that slavery was attached to a color when it came to the United States. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that issue will forever linger, and it does, and because it does the way it has been, and there's been no real reconciliation there or real change, mm-hmm. it will always continue to be an issue as well. But if he, a black
3: man has money. If a what? If a black man has money. He's
1: still considered less than. But he still has lots of power. He No, he, name him.
4: Tyler Perry.
1: Zero power. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's hear Oprah this Tyler Winfrey. Perry thing. Oprah Barack Obama. I, I will prove to you very quickly how easy. Are you talking about college, political James? power? They have power because they say Jack. yes to what they at the agenda. Take them off the right. agenda, and right. their power is immediately taken from them. Watch Kanye.
0: They still have to sacrifice children. They have do to do s- <laughs> <laughs> all kinds <laughs> of crazy, whether, whether yeah, you crazy shit. It or not, yeah. Watch
1: Kanye's fall. Yeah. Yeah. Look what happened to Tupac. His influence was greater than Muhammad, or was greater than Dr. King. Mean, I'm not King.
3: saying that it makes a black person equal in power to a white person. I'm just saying that's the true disparity between, like, that's the real problem. Is the people with money mostly are white people? But to be honest, you know, and that is that is a problem. You know, like, and that's why that that's why. Mm. You know, that's, I mean,
2: I'm not so sure about that. Well, we there gotta,
3: is. I mean, if you look at the richest people in the, the world, they're they're sure. in Saudi Arabia. I think I mean, the
2: wealthiest group in America's Aussies group. If we look up... brown people, sati- <laughs> yes, <laughs> Pakistan, uh, I mean, Southwest Asians. Right? Okay, I, I believe if we look, up if I in, look in the world, in the
3: world, Saudi yeah. Arabia has the richest people. Well, I, I'm saying in America.
2: Yeah, I got a yeah,
0: question. I right. got a thing on that because they only allow immigrants to come in who can uh, afford such high prices to come into the country. Also, when our parents get here, ossif can't play football. ossif you're going to hit the books. ossif <laughs> <Asif>, you ain't <laughs> working as a mechanic. Yeah. You're going to be a doctor. Like, mm-hmm. we are given no other choice. And if you are, like we're talking about, like, the whole thing with Asians mm-hmm. never come out mm-hmm. and stuff That's like that. Race. It is because that when you come from nothing, you have no option to mess up and maneuver. Like, we have to, I have to play at 100%. That's what Marshall was getting at. As a black guy, he has to play at 110%. If he doesn't achieve that 110%, then the perception and reality and everything else is against him and he's looked frowned upon if he was a millionaire walking down the street with that hoodie and sweats on right and no, no one knew he was a millionaire he would just be what what's your first impression and thought in your head who's that black guy down there is he a thug is it that i'm just being honest that's how people perceive it i went to a car lot dressed like this one time and i'm just wearing sweatpants and this I waited out there for an hour looking at cars. Not one salesman came to me. I went back <clears throat> that evening and I came and I had khakis and a polo shirt on. Just a regular and it wasn't like, oh, like he's looking so clean. It was just it was just a simple fact, the perception of what pe- how people perceive you and how do you get rid of this whole worldwide perception? Then, yeah, it happens than, with yeah. white people too. It if does, I see a white person with cut off sleeves and a you know a big daddy shirt on and a dip in, like I'm automatically look at that ignorant hillbilly right there, right? And he could be the smartest guy in the world, nicest person in the world. It's that perception. How are we going to change our own brainwashed perception of people? That's the. I mean, that's the bigger point. Is like
3: that is the bigger point
0: because that's what separates white people and black people. Because all white people, not all of them, but the majority of them, they they feel some sort of way because the perception they were taught about minorities. And all minorities, the perception about white people is a certain way, too. Right, but people keep, this is the part that people
1: forget when we talk about this. This is why race is so difficult, Mm -hmm. is that you went, there were so many hundreds of years of blacks never being, never ever going to be considered equal. Mm -hmm. Years of this. That's a mentality that it become. that's what racism is. It is a keeping of a group at a certain level, right? That happened for years. Those people didn't leave the United States. Right. And their perception didn't change because the laws changed. They knew the laws were going to change. Just like we talk about the guys, the founding fathers who wrote the Constitution. They knew it was going to happen at some point, just like they put right to bear arms. They knew at some point in time, somebody's going to come in here and challenge that.
5: Yeah.
1: Right. But they wrote the Constitution in such a way that you can't you can't just walk in there and mess that thing up or change it. They were in t- they were they had almost like a heavenly understanding about this thing when they put this document together that gave them some insight to be able to deal with what was coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So when you look at these people, when you talk about racism, people didn't just say, "Oh, okay, the law changed, cool." Yeah, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I don't feel this way about you. I don't think you're less than. Also, people don't realize these stuff. This stuff was written written into laws. It was yeah. written into some of our major documents. If you go back to the Maryland Edict Act of 1613, this was not before it even came to you. Blacks will never be considered equal. These were things that were instilled in people. Africa was considered the dark continent. These people were considered savages, you know. Even when Jim Crow came, it toured the world to tell people that blacks were less than. They were savages. They were monkeys. They were all these different things. And these things happen. That that effect is still there. That, to... that, that effect is still here today. People don't understand that. I'm. It's 2022. I can get. I walked. I was dressed up for work. I'm coming out of the These lady locks her door, screams in her car, and I am getting in the car. That's that's a that, that reaction happens. I'm 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 overlooked for jobs all the time. Or I might get an opportunity because, hey, we don't have any black people here, right? These are things that are always going to still happen. So what I'm trying to say is you have to address that issue because as long as we... And what's, what's happening now is just getting watered down because everything else is coming in on behind it. Everything else is changing. And it's never going to... Until you address those wrongs mm-hmm. and truly address them, we can't heal. And it, if you can't heal, the problem
0: continues to get worse. You know, the one thing about jobs, like you said that, you're probably smarter than your superiors that <laughs> are you. You get it you know, and anyone who's struggling to get that next boost, I I've, I've found a trend that if you're an intelligent person and you speak and you and you talk and you move and they're like, Man, this person is a more of a threat. Yes. Exactly. It's a threat thinking. to mm-hmm. me, so mm-hmm. you're not getting that damn job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's and that's what I feel like a lot of times where people <clears throat> Like we were talking about that, your position as supervisor and stuff, like, um, and then your position at work, and then my old job, and then mm-hmm. maybe where you were at. It's it's because, at some point, you're starting to grow, and you you outgrow your superiors. You should probably be best in example.
1: There. Yeah. He's your supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. And in one of the things that you said that I, I I don't know you, but I've already admired that you can tell your work ethic speaks volumes for who you are as a person, right? He's a supervisor. I'm a supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. He has the ability to train and teach and help and guide people in there. I have been given no supervisor authority in my job. Been there 11 years. Been a supervisor for four, and I've never been given the opportunity to be a supervisor. I don't even get paid as a supervisor. Oh my! But my your, office but, but your title is supervisor. But my title is supervisor. <laughs> so I get it by title. He gets it by authority, and pay. Right, and so mm-hmm. when you yep. said earlier, I want to just what you said earlier, it, when you talk about Tyler Perry and those guys—they're mm-hmm. symbols in the black community. Symbols. They're unreachable places for most of us. Yeah. We'll never get to them, but they're symbols. And what—and think about what's so crazy about their symbols. Their influence is to teach us how to think, to how to vote, how to operate. Most people, like he said, are conservative by nature, but we're taught that we have to vote Democrat our whole lives on something that has never helped us. That's a fact that happens. And in slave days, most people don't know this, that the preachers at the time were given the position to be preachers. But only if they would preach the message that was given to them to give to the slaves so that the slaves will always obey. But then he was given privileges that no one else would get. We see that to this very day that the people who they will let speak. See, this is why Candace Owens is one of the most intelligent people on the planet. But Candace Owens does so much good and so much harm to black communities, right? She does a great job of helping us get some of the information out there, but she does a terrible job with, when you start saying that there's no such thing as systemic racism, you do more harm to black people than you do ever. That's a very difficult thing <coughs> for a lot of people who Man. still have to live through the systemic cha- challenges. <coughs> I want right. to... Uh, I'm go, stepping in here. Go for oh. oh. <clears throat>
2: So, you know, you were... Y'all, you throw a lot on the table in this podcast, so it's hard to. You lose <laughs> we all try to do a good job. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so let, let's try to. That's where you can't catch us. <laughs> yeah, you're too fast. So, you know, you mentioned. Um, I think I feel like you touched on perspective a little bit. Okay, referring back to Kanye, you know, you saw things one way. You said, "Hey, I'm wait saying, a minute." Yeah. There's a whole other. Well, that's perspective, and and that's something we're. That's never going to go away. We're always going to struggle with perspective. You're mm-hmm. going to see things one way, you're gonna, and 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 you're both correct in a sense. You're judging a situation based on all your information. Same with you. And, and it's nothing. You're not. It's not like you're right, you're wrong kind of a deal. It's just it's reality. Right. You can only you can only make your judgments based on what you see at the time. Just like the the lady in the parking lot. You saw you saw things. You saw her locking the door, squealing. I mean, I wasn't there. I'm gonna take your word for it. But um, you know, what was her perspective? Was she seeing a, a, a oh shit, it's a black man? Or, I I, I don't know. It, that very well could have been what it was. Maybe it was just a man. Um, or, or whatever. Yeah, it could have been just, maybe she's scared to death of men. Maybe she was abused, mm-hmm. you know, in an abusive relationship and just like, oh crap, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to say. Um, so it's real tough when we when when I hear these things come from different people. You talk about Candace Owens. You mentioned her in other podcasts. Um, you know, about how she her her what she says is is hurtful um but i i guess i gotta ask is are you saying she's being intellectually dishonest or maybe is that really her perspective when she sees the stats and her and what she's lived through in this life and the people she's been around and she's not experienced racism to the point where she never felt she was overlooked for a job because of skin color or whatever it might have been I listen to that and I think how, is if she's being honest, and mm-hmm. we don't really know if she is or not, we, we just don't. We don't know if she right. what she's saying is her truth. I hate using that, but right. that's her perspective. Right. If I'm gonna assume that it is, right. I'm gonna, I have this leadership training kind of forced me, or the things I've read. I have to trust people. If I if I don't trust the people I'm around, then I can't lead them. Just it's, it's not gonna exactly. Happen. So I have this. I have this slight naivety to believe. Okay. What this person's telling me is truly what they believe, whether it's right or wrong. Right. Um. So you know when you're talking about her and she's hurting, hurting the you know the black community, is she really, or is that is that just her perspective? And that's the way she looks at the the statistics. You know the police shootings. You know white folks get killed twice as more. You know, twice as much as black folks, regardless of population density and all that stuff. I mean, maybe she's looking at that and doing her own analysis. Mm-hmm. I've looked it up myself, especially after George Floyd, because shit hit the fan when that went down, right? Absolutely. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into this too. Um, so that 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 makes it. I just when I hear that stuff, well, Candace Owens this because I've heard it. You're not the only person I've heard. You know, hate Candace Owens. I don't hate Candace. But not hate. So yeah, that's yeah. sorry. That's yeah, wrong. No, no, word. no. I
1: mean, I like her. I, I like her. I just think she does a disservice in some aspects. So to answer that question, it's like this, right? If I tell you. Um, my story, and I tell you bits and pieces. Like, so my, my father and my mother were drug addicts, and my dad was a he abused us, you know, as as we were growing up. And then I go in and I tell you my story, and then I tell you, but and I was a high school dropout, end up going to college, got to play college ball, and made it, right? I'm I'm telling you the story, but you don't get to understand everything that came in the story, right? So when Candace Owens says white people are more likely to be whatever one first of all we know based on numbers there's more white people than our black people so that's gonna be part of it and but what we're talking about here see we're not talking about who gets shot more by cops we're talking about who's getting falsely accused and shot for for no reason you're talking about people who are dying out here for no reason people who are being falsely arrested people who are because there is still a deep fear that comes with that same thing with jobs so when I learned about this insurance company redlining was still is still a part of insurance Health insurance, redlining is still a part of the housing market that they're trying to address. Redlining keeps people in certain neighborhoods and keeps them from getting certain positions. They did a, a 2020 special. They took 20 black people that were overqualified for every job in America, overqualified, could not get a job based on their name. But when they gave them what they called the white name, they transformed that and they got those. They ended up being able getting callbacks within days to get those jobs. The problem that Candace Owens does for people that I think is so difficult is that when you dismiss what so many people. So you can sit there and talk about your experience, like you're talking about. Her experience is one thing. But what we all can't do in this world is sit back and say, there wasn't a time, there was a time we all know of when we could not go into a restaurant together and eat. This would not have happened in a certain time period. Right? We know that. That is a fact. We could right. drink from the same drinking fountain at one time in the time period. If um, th- uh, We have a lady in this community um, who speaks a lot about when she, w- when Ashland was segregated and she was not allowed to go to the movie theater and if she did, she had to sit up top. Camden Park wouldn't let blacks there but one time a year. We know this to be real. These are facts that happen. And it's not just Ashland. That was all over the United States. That also transpires in China. China just got busted two years ago. They wouldn't let blacks in McDonald's. Unless you're an athlete. Like, this stuff is around the world. This is a global thing that has happened, that has taken place, and we know that. So, when we look at the United States, where I say she does us a disservice, when you say that, just like saying BLM, it does us more harm than good. Because BLM, the organization, stole money and profited and did a damage to so many people. So now, white people who were wanting to help us and say, man, I, I agree with the cause, when you see them, like, well, hold up, $90 million? Man, I don't want no parts of that. Sharon Osborne got in trouble. She gave money, lots of money to the organization. She thought they were going to help people, and Absolutely. Candace almost exploited. It was a war zone still up there. So that's why I'm saying. She does it so much good, but she does it so much harm, too, when you say this, just, this isn't real. This didn't happen. Now, that might be your experience, but let's be honest. There were so many other people. Tell Emmett Till's family that that's not real. Tell all the other stories that things that people don't talk about in society that truly happen. Tell them that it's not real. You heard now, we, how Think about this. Nobody heard about Black Wall Street until George Floyd. Very few people knew about Black Wall Street, the the massacre in Tulsa until George Floyd died. Nobody knew. It was never taught in history books. It was never passed around. That information was not passed around. So like I said, even for myself, I was 13 years old the first time a police officer put a pistol to my head. And he knew I had nothing to do with it. Knew I wasn't there. And I was terrified of cops my whole life. Still am. But what I do now is I play basketball every week with police officers. I'm I'm trying to join the police force. I want to learn. I want to be a part of the change and solution. You know what I mean? I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. But the, the facts are, these are things that happen. You know, Louisville has the highest incarceration rate of black women in the world. This, these are these are the things that we know to be true, and there's a natural fear. And so, like when you like when you talk about the locking the door, if this was a one time experience, I would I would turn it over to maybe she could have been trauma, maybe it could have been whatever. This has happened my whole life, my entire life. As yeah. a as a black kid, it's happened my entire life. if Something gets wrong. I remember I was in the third grade when um, there was a fight going on in the bathroom. Principal walks in, he grabs me. I wasn't fighting. I have nothing to do. I was just there grabs me pulls me around the corner backhands me in the face and then threatens me and says if you ever say another word if you say anything that i did to you i'm gonna do this to you every single time you know what i mean i'm like i didn't do nothing i'm in there crying i got backhanded by my principal never so i was terrified for the rest of the time i was in school there no one else has got treated like that you know so what i'm saying is my bro, I, I wish to God it wasn't this way. I, I wish to God I didn't have to walk around here believing that somebody just despises me because of my skin color or doesn't like me for this reason. But I know that's not the case, and that's why I get so mad when Candace Owens and them do these things because then it puts people in a position to stop moving forward sometimes, and it keeps people in a position to just so see see this is it, it was, it's really not that bad. But well, we can't go back four hundred years. You you can't. They're not thinking like. Like a normal person, like, okay, if
0: some celebrity Pakistani person was, like, real popular and all they did was talk about pull yourself up by the bootstraps, well, that's easy for you to say because you made it and you got a shitload of money and you got a platform. But did you forget about all the people that are living in poverty that can't go through that? There's no, there's that disconnect. So that's why people get hurt. Black people get hurt. But if Candace Owens says that, because she's not thinking things through, when she's saying those things, people like Tyler Perry, Kanye, Oprah, they all have a platform, but they're not. They have to be very careful in what they say because it can hurt a whole community. And the message is like, hey, dude. That one person that made it, I'm looking up to you. And you can't do nothing about it?
1: And also, look at Tyler Perry, too. Look what what he's compromised. When he first came out, he was doing the plays, right? Mm -hmm. Everything was about Jesus. Everything was about God, about a message. He's no longer the same person. His, his, His behaviors have changed drastically from when he started. But let me ask you guys, have you guys ever heard of the Willie Lynch letter? No. Okay, so here's what's so crazy about the Willie Lynch letter. When... It was about slavery, so it's like, I, he, this guy said, I can teach you how to keep people enslaved a 1,000 years instead of a 100 years. I can keep them enslaved the rest of their lives. So he taught them how to do this in their plantations. When So the way he did it is, the first thing you had to do in your plantation was create animosity between the old and the young. Never let them get along. We see that today, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So now you have, the, so they never get along. And he said, the next thing you do, you take the biggest, strongest black male you have and the strongest black woman you have, and you breed them. Get her pregnant. Soon as she gets pregnant, and she's close to having a baby, you take the entire plantation out to the field, and then you whip them. then you beat the, the black male. You beat him, and you kill him, and you have your family there, basically, you shoot him, whatever you gotta do, you kill him in front of everybody to instill fear. And then you take the second strongest black male there, you basically tar him, feather him, whip him, tie the four horses, and rip him in half in front of the entire plantation, and then you whip the black woman with a whip. You don't kill her. But you beat her into complete submission that she will always surrender her mindset to you. So when she has that child, male or female, she's going to teach them the rules immediately. And that way. And so then, if you remember, they removed dads. They would sell dads when they would have babies. They would sell them and then bring other men in. And they would sell them and move around. So there was never a complete uh, unit, family unit, for long periods of time. And on top of that, slave conditions, were. There were it wasn't like we you treat them like in jail, three hots in a cot. You, it's whatever... Comes so that that was the mentality was given. So if you notice something when you look at the black culture and black families, it's it's like crabs in a barrel. We don't we don't allow somebody to get ahead. We always try to tear them down. We immediately try to beat the, each other up, and we can't allow success to really take place, right? Because we have this crab in a barrel mentality. It's what we've been raised in, and that's one of the big things Candace almost talks about. Is what father absence, mm-hmm. father absence in the black community is huge, but it's been instilled in us to not be there black women are not taught if you look at the statistics, black women are not taught to be wives they're taught to be good girlfriends black white women are taught to be wise this is why you see a big issue when blacks and whites date black men date white women black and then and you're starting to see more white men date black women because of the loyalty that black black women have but black women have they're taught to be strong independent women mm-hmm. that's what they've been taught depend on no one and what happens with most black women they end up alone right and the, the family structure is broken up. So we see the lasting effects of the Willie Lynch letter to slavery, to Jim Crow, to all these different things that have happened in our lives. And so we are, that's why when I say nothing's equal, the playing field is not equal. We are, it's, it's so hard to try. Like I have to always, when I'm around certain people, I have to always try to prove something that I'm not trying to rob you mm-hmm. and I'm not selling dope. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to get out here and do the same things everybody else is and make it. That is just a very difficult thing to do every single day of your life. That I, I don't just get to wake up and be martial and go to work. I have to wake up every single day as a black male trying to figure out how to make it and not always be accepted as equal. Or not equal, be accepted.
0: I feel like in the Appalachia, a lot of poor whites are going through the same thing blacks are going to like, like, meaning that family homes tore apart. Like, the divorce rate is unbelievable in America right now. What was the last statistic? Fifty-three percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like,
1: that's. And I would say drug yeah. addicts get a similar, look like get to feel kind of the same ways as well too, because people the way people perceive yeah. drug addicts. But you and I, yeah. I think yeah. it's a nationwide. Dis- let's just destroy the family
0: so people can't grow. Absolutely. Let's cause so much. Um, let's bring so much sex, porn, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, into their life in this society that people just can't think straight anymore. Like, I mean, that's what social media is. Like, you got people always, you know, Instagramming and this and that. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I hate that shit. Like, I would, I, I would hate that shit if my wife was every day Instagram model and then her pictures are just going out. All the time. Absolutely. Like, it bothers me in such sense. I'm not trying to take her freedom and, oh, you're trying to hold this woman. No, I'm not trying to hold anybody down. I just think that it doesn't, because you're putting things out there and other people are drawn to it. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's, that, and I, I think that's just, it, it, do you think that they took those letters and the powers to be the elite and they know the power in that, they're tearing down the structure. I mean, look at the, our parents in nursing homes and things like a disconnect between old and young, and I just
1: feel that's like that's why it's, I love the Indian culture yeah. when they they move their parents in yeah. to their homes and the Indian culture, they, their parents basically help them raise their kids and their family, right. and they keep passing on the yeah. information that goes through. That that's an amazing. But I, did you ask because I, I don't know. If well. I,
2: um, you know, we keep we we do this thing in here crescendo. We go from macro to micro ideas. Yeah. Exactly also. what I was thinking. And it's yeah. it's 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 like, well, wait a minute, are, are we going to carry this conversation down to the statistic to the last point zero zero one percent? You know, talking about you're relating um, father absenteeism in the black community to slavery, but I I've heard I, I don't want to say I've seen and read the statistics because I mean. Man, I'm a musician. I jump out of airplanes. I got a lot to do than to sit and study this stuff. But I, I've looked up some of these things. Um, you know, I, I believe, and I think Candace Owen likes preaching this, that the, the absent black father didn't start until FBJ, or F, you know, Linda B. Johnson um, started, what, was it the new, new Hope deal? Um, when, when the welfare system really got its ramp and, like, okay, we're doing this. Um, the, the black families were incentivized to, if you want our money, you want government funds because you live in this poor Project. urban environment, mm-hmm. you know, well, you can't be married. You, you know, I, I believe that's her argument, which that would have started, I don't want to say way after slavery, but let's say 100 years after slavery was ended, legally. Um, So, you know, it's kind of... Well, I've I, read that
0: black people, in the early 1900s, mm-hmm. th- they were very, like... um. What I would say, middle class, like you know, like something happened in yeah. between that era yeah. that just destroyed everything. I don't know what it was, and,
2: and but like the it, New I, Deal, and I could be totally wrong. The New Deal was it? The, the, like new,
0: deal? Was the, it the new, new Deal, deal by yeah. Uh, yeah. Roosevelt I, I th- or something? I think the black
2: families were were, were statistically tighter-knitted yeah. than the white. The yeah, divorce rate was like almost non-existent. Yeah,
0: and something it, yeah. happened. It just took people away to, from black people living in like kind of like sub like a uh, ideal suburban homes and <coughs> father and dad and mother and it's children to bitten. all of a sudden projects and this and that <laughs> well, and yeah uh, th- that
2: uh. that w- we're getting to that micro again i, I was wanting to take yeah. this point and tie it into something else that i'm mm-hmm. well
3: go like, ahead, you go, you, ahead. Yeah. go for it oh
2: well um I, I cannot help with with all the you know i i like to think i'm somewhat of a leader and i've i study Great people that have come before me, you know, I'm standing on the backs of giants, kind of a thing, and I really take these concepts and these ideas. I take them serious because um, I think they really do matter. You know, as far as leadership goes, and one major concept about leadership and success that when I hear some of these social justice, I don't know, you know, social issues, that it's 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 leaving this one characteristic out um of leadership and i think it's just harmful and that that characteristic is is ownership you you cannot have success and you cannot be a leader if that's your goal which they're tied together leadership and success i I think are closely related um without ownership you're you're gonna struggle you're gonna fail And, and when i hear you know it's 2022 um just the the black family comes up a lot it, it, you mm-hmm. know it's it's a it's a hot button topic cuz you know the black community is the second largest in the United States um so you wish they had more ownership I, I, no no you have to take the responsible responsibility, responsibility and, and, and ownership when we talk about black families it's like well i they the, the black kids mm-hmm. went to the same school i went to I, I was actually somewhat the minority where i grew up i was telling you about this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know in my neighborhood it was we would play football There's, you know nine black kids and little old me just hanging in there you're in you pick
0: last by the way. not
2: not in football basketball <laughs> basketball i was so that's, that's true i and was, was picked last hunter at, at first and it just that pissed me off but anyways you know you grow out of it. um you know I, I can't help but think all right it's 2022 we ha- we do have these opportunities you know um it's, We're it's, sharing. This, yeah, we we yeah. have similar. We all have the same jobs now. Uh, you know, it's not. Black people are not kept from certain jobs. There might be. There might be these hurdles. Ex- I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, there probably are in some cases. Uh, but I've, when, I've when does the ownership apply yeah. and say, you know what? Okay, hold on. Let's let. let let's not let this household become another statistic. Uh, mm. You know, let's not become another. You know, fatherless black home we have you know why i don't understand why period. that is not happening yeah, yeah. You, you know that that i guess I I it's i think it's individualistic
0: that. because uh, we've all chosen paths to okay i'm not going to go out like like say if you had a bad father i'm not going to go out like my dad i'm not going to do this like somewhere down the line some form of trauma may have shaped you but not everyone not everyone can be as that person like uh, um i've known some people that that i mean you just see it escalating that you you have to take a stand somewhere in your life if not then you will whether you're white or black or whatever you are i know plenty of i also know plenty of stories where there's been poor whites they get into a job and there's nothing but other type of white people and they may be middle class and rich they never get bumped up to a status because of where their background and where they come from too
2: classism exists classism
0: exists so i think that's another one these topics when like it it, it's just infused together that we don't understand each other because like we're thinking it from a perspective of like well why, why can't that dude do it? All he has to do is pull himself. And we always come to this point where it's just like, why can't this person do it? And I think it comes down to individual it, things it and obstacles and everything else. Ultimately, know? at the end of the day, it is yeah. on
2: you and you alone. Yeah. But I, I can't... What I keep thinking of is, you know, when I hear... The, the Candace Owens speak, and there, there's the opposing ideas. Candace number her. one is pretty. About her so much.
0: Candace is number one pretty. She's well put together. She's yep. non-threatening. She's but, not going to be Cardi B up there I, doing the same kind of thing and Fox take it seriously. That's, that's, that's a fact right there. Yeah, She's was, not going to be was, some girl from the hood who doesn't speak like proper english you know she's she she's going to be that they're playing the part like the white part the, like I, the I white guess. part kanye is not going to be you you tupac was out the whole 90s and 80s and everything else but what he, people threatened about him cuz he was very vocal he comes from a black panther background he comes from all these different things where true leaders and stuff like that and that threatens the establishment and certain type of people so we can put up will smith And look, Will Smith finally snapped. He had to take, he was playing this image, like this perfect image that everyone loved Will Smith. And inside he's dying because he's afraid to slip up. Because if he messes up one time, and he did, slap Chris Rock, now he's lost the black community and the white community. Will Smith is a lost man. Sorry, Will Smith. I still I guess that's because of his relationship. because yeah. his it,
4: wife's bitch. Yeah, I, think, yeah. uh, but, well, I, I, I don't know nothing you. about
0: Jada, but you know, I, she's, <laughs> she's 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 a, she's a little stronger
2: than I am. So. I, I guess my I'm asking, mm. where are the black leaders at that say, "All right, it's on us." We, we cannot expect the government to put legislation in place. You can't go. They're to all work assassinated. And, and ex, expect your boss to. <laughs> they're to all assassinated. You, the hand you may deserve. Um, <laughs> And Except where, where are the leaders at? Right. It's it's on us. Yeah. So, Stop with this run around, you know, leaving your family crap. That that it's that is not the norm. But white people do that too. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. There's so more pressure
0: on the minorities because they're like, where are your leaders? Times, you know? I know, all about but like you know the, the, you <laughs> see you see that I, I watch the news in my home country there, and uh, and they and I'm like, where are the leaders at? It's the same. It's the same question. It's just that when people have money have not how can we suppress people down yeah. any way possible they're using these tricks and trades it's unfair to, for us being brown or white to tell a black community where's your leaders at I I don't know the exact pain that someone may follow and I can't well I can say that to the white people all day long where's your leaders at where is your falling off bikes? yeah yeah <laughs> I mean yeah it's just like we can we can blame it we can't blame communities we can blame individuals for their actions, but to blame communities is what got this conversation started in the first place. It's, oh, I'm blaming everyone that wears a hoodie, uh, you know, and they, they're a thug automatically, or they're black, and it's, it, well, look at all these excuses, well, it was dark, it was dark outside, and I thought it was a scary man, no, what you saw was a black dude, and you automatically had an image in your head, and it, that's what it was. What I did see was, I do the same thing when I see uh, uh, hillbillies at a gas station, and I'm like, I'm a little uncomfortable. Are they racist? I mean, because
1: they're wearing a rebel flag shirt, are they going to say something <laughs> to not, me? It's cause not I'm, the same, though. Yeah, no yeah, it's, no, no yeah. matter how you ju- it's not the same, because yeah. we, there was never a group, I mean, I'm just saying, we're yeah. not. there wasn't a group of you going around beating up people for a skin color. Yeah. There's a difference, and all I'm saying- But him being sca- scared of the redneck guy is real. Uh, no, that a, a, a real reason why. Yeah. But I'm, let's go back to so, Kristen's yes. yeah. Okay, do you have children? No. Okay. Um, so it's like if I come to you and say, Kristen listen, uh, this is going to be inappropriate, and I don't mean it to be That's inappropriate. Okay. Oh my oh my God. God. So yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not it. trying to disrespect your wife either. That's right. All right.
4: He'll
1: beat like you up. That's right. Okay. No, i saying <laughs> like this, not in a bad way. But I'm, if it's I but you're if I sat you down and just like, all right, so Kristen let me just just make this clear. Having a period is not that bad and it shouldn't be you shouldn't have to have oh your mood God. changed and you shouldn't have to focus on um you don't have to do these things because it, it's 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 just a period right at some point in time you're gonna look at me and say have you ever had a period
4: yeah
1: and i'm gonna look at you and say no but i i got a feeling i know what it feels like yeah. it, and i know what you've been through and i know how it you know i, I think i still i bled before i've you know i've hurt myself you know what i mean like and so I'm sorry. I, I was wishing you that had now. kids. That would be a no, lot easier. No, yeah, easy. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Childbirth, yeah. right? So I'm sorry if it th- comes off in this. No, place, I'm sorry. This, and I'm sorry if that bothers you anyway. Because I would not. You,
4: I'm not, not you, offended. We're not, not offended. offended. Okay. You're good. All right,
1: <laughs> right. So, that, but <laughs> I my, thought it was going to be worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Was yeah. That. Well, he was.
4: probably gonna. He was. He was I'm probably trying to like do the thing where he plays childbirth, the kicking your balls, and things like that. Not going that route. Like, um. But yeah.
1: But well, you see, my, that's what I'm saying, so it's
4: true. I guess, uh, well,
1: and I'm not saying this to directly to you. I'm saying this in general because this is something I hear a lot too, right? And I understand it. the The problem that I ha- that that is so difficult is that there's this there's these little things that I can't make I can't explain to you and help you to better understand because yeah. you you have to you it's like when we say empathy, we like say walking in someone else's mm-hmm. shoes it's impossible right. to do certain things yeah, right yeah. and that's the that's the part that i can't this is the part that, that why, when I, when they say angry black man the reason why you hear that is because it's like i have to scream and i can't yeah i want to punch but i can't i want to show you something that i can't show you and i can't give you this to, to best understand i want to and i want you to understand it because the moment you do the world changes yeah the moment we get it the world changes, and I am I'm, I am I am one hundred percent with you on this part. I I wholeheartedly agree with accountability. I'm a Christian, so what, the first thing I understand, you know, examine your life first. You start home, and then you fix everything out. I, I wholeheartedly live that out, and I trust that, and I believe in that. But the, what I also understand as a Christian is I am not lie to myself either, and understand that my my platform is my playing field has never been equal. I, I, I was telling officer this the other I have been raised my whole life. I have never not one time did anybody ever tell me I could be what I wanted to be or do anything passive. I was always pushed to be an athlete. always. I had never had somebody sit me and when they do sit you down and tell you it's like how in the world am I supposed to do that when mm-hmm. I know they won't teach me one year at my high school could pass you four years in any public city school in Columbus. That's a fact. Education was different, the information was different, the way that we are, opportunities are different. Every time I went to get a job when I was 16, somebody tell me, and this is personal experience, and I'm not trying to make it the generality, but I know so many people have been in the same boat, that we could, we were told we couldn't get the job because what one guy told me, if I hire you, I'm not going to be able to have any customers because they won't come in because you're black. Well, I'm young. I don't understand what that means. When my first, I should have hit him, but my thought process back then was like, "Oh yeah, man, you're right. I understand because I am black, and I felt bad for being black." Yeah. yeah. I sat down with a prominent person in this community and tried to explain to me that discrimination between homosexuals and everybody else is is equal. No, I mean discrimination is bad. Yes, but don't think for one. I can. Nobody gets. You're not gonna pull somebody over and assume they're transgender.
4: Yeah.
1: I can't hide who I am. Mm-hmm. I can't move that away from you. You're gonna assume whatever you want to assume about me. You're gonna. It's just like I'm. am a father. I got divorced. I went to court, and being a black father is unheard of. And some for whatever reason that I love my children and I want to be there for my kids and I want to be there and I'm not going nowhere. That's the point. But when I walk into a courtroom, I'm almost guaranteed to lose every single time because I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, And you can't fight to change it. No matter how many times you go, his perception of me is always going to rule and reign.
4: And, I mean, I think that... I have a couple things to say over the course of what just happened. Um, The first thing is that, you know, for, unfortunately, like, that is still a big thing. And I think that it's going to take generations still to be able to finally be everyone actually on the same page and a lot of the thing is like we say that there's no like separation they're trying to get rid of the racism aspects and stuff but we still refer to you as a black man we refer to him as a brown man like we still call people by their skin color instead of just saying you're a man and you're a man and you're a man like it's still a something that we do i don't know if it's just unconsciously that we're still kind of just saying it and it's like when when women go like oh i'm a strong independent black woman why aren't you just an strong independent woman right you know like and i think until that stops that's going to start start kind of throughout the generations be like okay well they're just people Mm -hmm. they're people they're exactly the same and it's it's something that needs to be taught and it's something that is still coming down from past generations that is still instilling you're a black man you're a brown man you're a white man and that's where we need to really shift focus the a little bit. The problem is
1: what comes with it right the connotations with it. we should be able to do that you get up I get up I, if I go buy a car I want that black car you want that red car you want whatever whatever color that we pick that's okay and we love it you love colors God gave colors we should embrace the colors the problem is the sick part about it is is when we say we we're trying to separate it as if it can't be i can be a strong black man but i should be able to accept that he's a strong white man and we can be strong males together and accept the color part of it and then it was funny it was a rapper who said something this kind of this goes more with your point too mm-hmm. this rapper was saying when he left out of the country he went to another country and they went Somewhere and people walked up to them. They never called them black, white, or whatever they called them Americans. Mm-hmm. And I heard that, they uh, simply yeah, walk Waka was. flocka, mm-hmm. and they called them Americans. And it was it was easily you know they accepted mm-hmm. it. And, and I think that's it's th- all
0: tribal. You know, we go back down to tribe. So like saying that your features, mm-hmm. you know, brown hair, white skin, like there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, my like these are just my features. Like it's the simple fact that we're not respecting the individual until we see a feature like
1: you know it's like it's um but they're force feeding us to accept everybody like if you like you got to call me by my pronouns right that that's fine but if you don't know, like what you're saying, but we can't just be human. It has to be this, this, this. Well, that's yeah. all I I'm wish I gonna... did. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, ideally, yeah, we live in this world of everyone is equal and same. <laughs> it's not It's not going to be like that. It never will be. Yeah. You know, yeah, that person's yeah. fat. Yeah, that's never. skinny. You're black. I'm going to call you like it is. Have you guys like, read, when did we get so sensitive about being white or black or yellow or Puerto Rican or whatever? Have, have you, you guys ever
3: read 1984?
4: I, I just finished it. Right. Uh,
3: Seems, and, and so war. the whole point of 1984 is, <laughs> like, they make up a war between Eurasia and what's the other country? Uh, East,
4: Ra- East Asia.
3: Yeah. So they, and so no one really knows. It's just all in the newspaper. And this guy changes the news, mm-hmm. basically. You, you know, he changes the news. And, like, it's all, the, the government, like, listen, I'm going to totally admit, and I'll say it out loud as a white dude, systematic racism is real. Like, you know, they put uh, the black people go over here, white people mm-hmm. here, you know, the white people get the good ed- get, 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 get education, the black people don't, you know. But it's also the poor people get the shitty education. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, it's also the who gets the best stuff? The rich people. Right. Yeah. And they control the narrative. Right. And they use that narrative against us. Oh, you know, it's 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 the Democrats versus the, the, the Republicans, the uh, Duke versus UK. Like, you know, we're tribal anyway, but they, they use that inherent thing against as they is in the government. There's no race in
0: poverty. I mean, I truly believe, like, if you took stripped away all the money on this planet and everyone just ended up being just like humans, like, going back to that stuff, it's not going to be about racism. It's going to be about, like, the actual essence of what we are as animals. And survival. And And so there is no race to that. You're going to join whatever tribe is accepting you and whatever. So, like, I... That I mean, that's this. This whole thing is never going to go away because there are differences (coughs) in people's skin color and hair and eyes and this and that, and it's all beautiful. But we also have to be willing to like not discredit uh, that. I do. I
1: I do believe there is a way it can go away. I believe this for this reason. Now, that means every individual has to be accountable. Going back to what you were saying about accountability, right? I am a Christian. But even when we've talked about how you believe in the quran there's still this accountability that we all have to have on based on who we are and the things that we do right mm-hmm. so what i'm saying is this repentance is critical for your your faith and who you are and how you walk and how you operate being able to admit a wrong and accept it and change it and grow from it and learn and it, it's different the one thing that we've yet to do in the united states is to admit to the wrong Admit to the wrongs and the things that have happened. Admit that there is a wrong. There is a system. There is a bad playing field. There is a system that has been in place for a long time. We can't just start saying throwing jobs at people and affirmative action and make that work. It will never work. Be accountable. This happened. It's just like the Tuskegee experiment. They put syphilis into that community. Mm -hmm. And they poured it all through that community, right? It wasn't until 1994 or I think it was when Bill Clinton came in and said, Hey, yeah, we did this. Yeah. So all these years, then people were considered crazy. They were considered all this stuff. You, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. You destroyed their community, and then you come back. Hey, we were wrong, and we're just gonna get some health insurance. And we don't make it. We're not gonna headline it. We're not gonna tell the whole world that we did it wrong. We're just gonna give you some some medical insurance until the last person that we believe that was affected from it dies. Right? Why not be able to stand and say we we did this all the way wrong? And we've done this wrong for a long time. Why not get up and say, there is an issue in our police departments. No, we're not defunding them. We're not getting rid of them. We need to have a real change on character and how we do this and build it a certain way to get people the help that they need so we can instill trust back into our communities of what's going on. We can't just hire anybody. I mean, they even came out, it was night. It was at eighty-four or 94 when they infiltrated, the FBI found out that the KKK infiltrated police departments. The Klan no longer could walk around with hooded hats and and do what they were doing. So they infiltrated the police departments, and they were identified by their tattoos. The FBI had the paperwork; they knew what happened and didn't stop it. So when you see police brutality, now every cop's going to get labeled in this. But it's these people who had agendas yeah. and plans to to carry out a certain level of hate. Yeah, that happened. Fix, admit to these things. Let's, let's deal with it accordingly, and we can grow. Admit well, everybody in here has a prejudice.
0: Yeah, facts.
1: Everybody, yeah. right? There's bias everywhere. We all have them. We, we Not everybody's racist. Not everybody hates, but everybody has a prejudice and bias. So now if you start learning about those things, you can address those things. And if you can openly admit and say, just like when me and you sat down, and I said, yeah. awesome, I got to openly admit I gotta apologize to you, even though I'm not said anything with that. But every time we sat down to eat, I prayed. I've done all these things. I've never asked you how you felt. I never sat down and said I never. And I even told you my whole life subliminally there was things that been taught about your your race of people that was different from me. That I thought that you know in our uh, call of duty, we're killing you every people look like you every day. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> That's a fact. All of the movies that we've ever seen, your people don't have a heart. You're terrorists, and this yeah. is what you believe, right? You don't I don't wanna believe that, but you've been taught it your whole life. Yeah. So and when we sat down and eight, I said, I I wanna to apologize to you. And you're like, Bro, you don't have to apologize to me. And I did. And not only I said, I want to learn about you. Tell me some things about your culture, things that I don't know, and let's learn. And ever ever since then, you have become my brother. I don't push anything towards you to believe. You don't push anything to me, but we can sit and do what we're doing right now, and I but I had to openly admit that I have some things that I was wrong about. And our relationship has blossomed. That's a small on a small level. But how much can change in that? You know, I don't want to walk around here just calling somebody some redneck hillbilly and mm-hmm. assume that's what they are. Yeah. I want to assume, just like I, I don't know him but I, or her, And but since this conversation has happened, I pray that we can be friends when we walk out of here. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much from them just sitting here. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about, and, and I mean, you two are very intelligent people. Let me just say that. And then the fact that you were willing and open to have conversations, that alone is a huge start. And not just closed off to say, oh, no, I'm not going to be open. that you don't have to agree with nothing I say today. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the fact that matter is, we had this conversation and it meant something. Uh, to me, it meant something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It meant a lot. And I would love, and and one of the things that you said earlier about the, the black community too, that we, we sometimes miss, I love your, your work ethic. Um, the way to j- just based on what I'm hearing, love there's some things that I was never taught how to do to be like that you know what I mean and so that that also is the reason why it makes it hard too. I, I know this is bouncing around but it makes it hard too is because um, I have to fit a mold that I don't know how to fit what I can do through my relationships and how I operate I can reach people far differently but that's not normally what's liked on paper and so that, that's different, so it's changing, but all right, I'm done. No. I think that kids.
4: brings it back to what Asif was saying earlier about knowledge is power, right? How you were touching on teach me something about you. Um, like in college, when I was in college at Marshall, I actually took a class on the Muslim culture and the Quran, and not many people would take that class. Mm-hmm. And it's something that if you don't learn about the different cultures – how are you going to understand them? How are you going to relate to them on any level whatsoever if people aren't willing to learn that knowledge? And that's where that big disconnect is going to stay. If nobody will, if they're just playing Call of Duty and that's the only place that they (laughs) see Muslims, like that's, you know, that's their perception of them until they are willing to open themselves up to extra knowledge and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think that's a big, a big thing, which was really crazy. That I, I was mm-hmm. proud that there was a class on it because I was like, this "I think is I took something... that same class at Marshall." Back you did? In the, back in eighteen thirty-seven, like... but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. it was just, it was really eye-opening for sure because um, I was raised as a Catholic. I'm not mm-hmm. a Catholic anymore, but and
3: see, when you say that, I have a, I, all these things go through my mind. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, I was raised as a Catholic. Yeah. I'm not one anymore, but um, that's neither here nor there. But I, I didn't learn about. Any other religions other than uh, Catholicism, and they're kind of
0: because that was part of the community in Cleveland you grew up in. Yeah, and and we were
4: we were Italian Americans. My grandparents over from Italy, so or my great grandparents. So we were just kind of that's the trajectory that our life took, I guess. Um, But there wasn't much else. So when I came down to West Virginia and went to college, there was like all these different things that I could choose from to actually learn from, which kind of opens your world up a little bit when you learn about, about other a different world too coming worlds. here from Cleveland too. It's it interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. Hmm. Um, a lot a lot more of a melting pot down here um, than the, the, I was in the suburbs about half an hour east of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So it was predominantly white. Um, mm-hmm. There was...
0: Did you ever go to East 1999?
4: <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Bone thugs EFT. and Horme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mgk and, and Bone thugs was actually out of I think Willoughby, okay. which was right next to me. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was just kind of my two points. It kind of tied it back into his little knowledge, his power, and um.
0: You know, I, I had the biggest thing like uh what I would always uh my Americanism, American viewpoint. I would go visit my cousins back in Pakistan and I would be like oh y'all should do this and that and this and that and they're like bro we live here like we don't have these opportunities and this and that going on and it really every time I speak now I think of me being so ignorant at that time trying to interpret everything through a lens of a my Americanism of way things are like even the last time I went back I was all pissed off because at the airport it wasn't like at the standard that, you know, cuz over there you better you better not come as a tourist unless, uh, unless you're white They respect white people out the ass because it's British culture had been taught to them, colonialization and stuff. But a regular Pakistani walk in there, they're just like, fuck you, we're going to take you for your money and shit like that. You know, like, and I was just like shocked by that. I'm like, look at this still colonizing, you know, effect that's had on them. For years, they wouldn't even speak their native tongues. English is the language of business. You know, and if you don't speak, if you speak your native tongue or speaking that you're somehow inferior, right? So even language and things like that. So these kind of things do exist. But if you're smart enough to kind of, and I think people get lazy. I have other friends that want to talk about this, but they're not like you and John. They, You all actually participate and took time and want to know and learn where they're just like, oh, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. And these are my good friends that I grew up with all my life. We couldn't have a three-hour conversation on this. They just want me to be their buddy, and that's it. Don't tell me about your hardships.
1: It's Dr. funny. like When I yeah. teach when I teach CQ, um, there's a section in there that talks about how you hire um, in a, mm-hmm. inside of an organization. And one of the things that it talks about in there is like you can't say, like one of the things you can't ever say when you walk out of an, an interview is like they're not a good fit. You know, or you can't ever say that in a work organization because um, then you have to define what the good fit is. Mm. Then you have to even define, well, what are we trying to do here? So they're only a good fit if they think like this, act like this, whatever. So it's, you know, kind of changing that mindset. And so that's what happens more than anything is that we bring people in, but you have to look like what I'm comfortable with or used to, and then we can have a conversation. Like, not to keep hitting on the slave thing, but do you know one of the reasons why slave owners slept with slaves was to they create that mulatto group is what they called them is so that they could see themselves in them and they no longer would fear them. Wow. That's why Obama was not Psychon. fearful. Yeah,
0: Jesse Jackson was when we Jesse, ran. Ja- yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yeah.
1: when you get to a certain level of this color, yeah. now it becomes, wait a minute, um, but if you're not, and we can see something, that was part of the reason why they did that, so it would change th- this. Because there was there was a group of people when slavery first hit. There was a group of men that as soon as they hit the shores, they took off. They were called the maroons. This group still exists today. They live in Jamaica and those kind of areas. They immediately started killing slave owners. So the, one of the things in history they don't teach you is that there was a period of time where slave owners couldn't sleep. They were because they were feared that they were going to be next that this group of men was coming around. So this type, some of this stuff happened way before Nat Turner's and all these other things and John Brown's, before everything went crazy. Nat, there was groups, this group of men walked around because they were not going to be slaves. They were going to kill it no matter what, And they were terrifying the people. And then they had to start going out on horses and things and killing them and getting rid of them because they were going to cost so much other stuff. So there's just so much other stuff that happened in those process. But when you talk about, I was going back to the good fit thing, but just stand in that space. That's These are the things that happen and create more issues later in life. And, and we can't overcome it like we should. Yeah. Because we want people to fit a mold and a model. And it just doesn't work. And instead of embracing yeah. those things too and except I'm
0: not going to hire you with your purple hair. <laughs> yeah. Can't do
1: it. <laughs>
0: not a good fit. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to have you up front, you know, oh, yeah. like, you're not going to have purple hair. Like... That's. I mean, who who are they gonna call the the police on the independent person? And that's you know? so crazy. In this yeah. class
1: that I teach, I yeah. have a picture. There's four people that I get a picture of. It's a white male. Um, there's a, young, a a woman, um, which they would they want you to believe is Muslim. Mm-hmm. And there's a young guy who's got colored hair and he's got stars yeah. shaved in it and something else. And there's another um, another a black guy that's sitting there. And they ask you who is leading NASA. Um, the leading engineer something in NASA and it's the guy with the crazy hair yeah and that's the that's the the thing that they want you to look at and saying embracing the ideas of different cultures and beliefs because this one person with the crazy hair has actually made more strides for NASA than any other person yeah. ever has you know what I mean but I'm I understand the point what we're yeah. talking about you know and it's it's just so difficult you can't just address character but they want there's just way that this thing is, is going. It's sure.
0: Yeah, but to get your foot in the door, I bet you that purple haired dude probably came for the interview a yeah. certain way. And now that he's probably established, he's like, Oh fuck, and- this is just Einstein. Yeah. Let him have purple hair. You know, like there is a still that perception, like uh, you know like someone comes in, I'm like, dude okay, I can't have you if if it's my business, first of all, <laughs> like uh, screw you in the ground. Like I don't have to hire you for shit. You know that's just <laughs> how I feel. Yeah, like you know, it's like oh, that. That that's the you know that's why I tell my wife in the food truck can't have purple hair, honey. Like i hired like I've hired like is that an issue? Yeah. I, I've hired like I'd
3: say th- it's probably fifty issue. people in the last you know I don't know six years or so of my life. Maybe more. Maybe sixty people in my life, The six years of my life. And I've interviewed more people than I can name, and number one, it's a tedious job to do. You know, I don't do it now, but and there's a rule that you can't look on someone's social media before you hire them legally, which is stupid. I always did anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I always did because last that, time you said edit that. no, no I, have, <laughs> I, I have no, I don't interview people now. I don't work for the same yeah. companies. I can yeah. say whatever I want, yeah. but I, and, you know, half halfway work for myself, but. It's interesting that that people can put information about themselves. Like, if you're flipping off the camera and that's your Facebook picture, yeah. I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. You know, if you're like, you know, fuck everybody. Yeah. And that's your, like, meme behind your thing. Yeah. I'm not hiring you. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's almost like we've denied, like, it's, I don't know. It's like, th- that's kind of stupid. You publicly put stuff out there and you can't look at it. So it's... It's it's interesting, and if I think the not good fit thing is ridiculous. If if your company, let's your company, and you have certain uh, standards for your company, you have every right not to hire someone um, if they have purple hair or if they heck, I mean, let's say someone comes in and they hate Muslims
0: or whatever. You I know? I think it's perfect. Like put put it out there. Like I I am so happy that this whole movement with Trump and everything and Twitter and everything blew up because. I love to know who I don't want to mess with and yeah. who I don't want in my life. Like, finally, people are allowed to say what they want and tell me their true feelings. Listen, I don't have to go to your garage to get my car fixed. I can go to another garage. If I know you're racist and all this stuff, like I don't want... It's okay. If Chick-fil-A feels like um, they're ultra conservative and Christian and they only want to sell to Christians that eat chicken, Fine. All the Christians go to Chick fil A and eat chicken. And then uh, all people go. But at least put your. And if Nike wants to fire people because they took a stance on transgenders, fine. Fire them. Go ahead, Nike. Like, I just wish people would just be more transparent so we can make a choice on what we want. Like, I am myself as a person have grown up into adulthood that I really don't really want to mess with people that I don't want to mess with. And I feel that way. If you're a patient of mine and you come in and you have a problem that I'm Asif Razak and I have this background in religion or whatever like that, and uh, but I'm going to be who I am, you don't have to come to me. Mm-hmm. Go to another doctor. Mm-hmm. Go to another food truck. Go to another wherever you want to go to. Just be honest and upfront with me. I hate you. I hate you because you stink. You know, it's like just... Wipe <laughs> your butt? Just do it. Yeah. I we
1: yeah. asking everybody yeah. their opinion on every circumstance, situation. Yeah. I mean, Chick-fil-A, you serve chicken. Yeah. yeah. And it's oh, great yeah. chicken. Yeah. Why Eat can't everything. we just... I mean, yeah. I understand you... You can't can tell your philosophy yeah. on whatever you do and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to... And I'm not trying to censor speech, yeah. but I'm saying your opinion about what you believe doesn't matter. We want to know, is your chicken coming from a good place... And we can eat it, just yeah. like your car garage or yeah. even your service. Yeah. I don't need to know what you necessarily, I don't really care. All I'm asking is if I walk into your establishment, are yeah. you going to treat me the best way you possibly can? Yeah. And I and I hate that the fact that we have to figure out where everybody yeah. stands on yeah. every situation, but I understand what you're saying. If a me. man, if someone put on a garage, like no blacks allowed, right? Right, right.
0: Yes, it pisses me off, it's disrespectful, this and that. People can talk about it all the community, and that dude's business is booming, and people know that sign. Like, I'm okay. Dude, prosper your business. That's where all the racist people go. Good, I don't have to go there, right? Or if Chick fil A's chicken only serves, I don't know, Methodist people, you know, out of all the Christianity branches, Methodist, then great, that's it. All the Methodists go there to eat. I don't have to eat your chicken, like I would. And you're right. I wish companies we would just leave companies alone. But it was like a setup. How do you know like, someone's method. You,
1: I don't know. I, don't <laughs> I mean, know like it, I don't. I'm just saying, like you're you talking. Of it's like the chicken yeah. thing. It was like a setup, yeah. really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you believe about marriage? Why yeah. they sell chicken yeah. like in fries, waffle fries that are amazing. And that like, goes to just the stay individual. In, let's stay in that space of. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I get it, I understand what you're saying. too. Somebody wants to put that up, but. Leave it, Just I mean, it does, I can't this.
0: change the dude's like sixty-five years old or something who probably owns the uh, company, or he's got his own views and own generation. I don't know how who owns it. It's a family based. Yeah. Guess. Who who cares? Yeah. I don't care about Sam Walton yeah. and his kids. Like if they believe in something, that's fine. I just need the product. Now if they start saying no more Muslim people allowed in Walmart, great. They banned us. I'm not gonna go out there on. CNN and cry that. to Anderson Cooper about it. Like, okay, great. I'm not going to Walmart anymore. Great.
3: Can we switch gears a little bit? Yes. I'd like to go back to leadership a little bit. So, when you were talking about the... the, the, the <laughs>
5: <Wow>. <laughs> this has gotten yeah, way too far out there. Jump. Let's
2: just move. move.
3: <laughs> I really want to talk I'll about the leadership about thing. Walmart
2: and,
0: Chick-fil-A. Um, Chick-fil-A. and I
3: didn't mean any offense to you at all. It
0: was very mean. offensive because you cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> just like a white Interface. direction.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, sorry. I won't go into no more.
2: I, I can I can probably tie it back into Chick Fil A here in a minute. Um,
0: okay I, you wanted to say something. Chick-fil-A about Chick Fil A has good yeah. leadership. Skills. Yeah, I can't believe you're Chick Fil A. I think no, I I'm just that heard my and...
2: Silver Awards membership last week. Yeah. Yeah. Chick Fil A closes on
0: Sunday, which I am, I am so like I love that about the company, and because that shows leadership of like, hey, I give a fuck about my employees for at least one day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna shut down this chicken business. And the, I think that's good about them. They they they're the, they're the only
1: fast food chain that yeah. I know of that doesn't cap salaries. You can always continue to grow there yeah. and make money. Their pleasure. But they cap the owners, <laughs> would you say? It's, it's, it's their, their pleasure.
2: pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I get a kick out of it.
3: I said that I said it's my pleasure to one of their one of their employees the other day and he he looked this kid looked at me like like He's don't take so, my role. He was so mad at me.
1: Well, what was your question on leadership?
3: I was just thinking about leadership and like that I was kind of wanted to ask this. It's like you know, you were talking about those leader. You you went to this company, right? And then like they basically give you a handbook, and then you like figure had to figure leadership out yourself,
2: right? Or not like Or it. not, yeah.
3: And I thought that was interesting because I had the same experience. <clears throat> but then I had this whole other indoctrination. And so my question is like, how do you get people to do things they don't want to do? Like that's what you have to do as a leader.
2: That they don't want to. Be- I mean, like, how do you motivate okay, people? Okay, well. Yeah. Does this always work? No. But you've probably heard this little cute phrase. Always lead with why.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. In
2: mo nine times out of ten, if I say, hey, this is what's gotta happen today, I'm not just gonna leave it at that and say, well, I'm the boss. I said so you right. do, or you're mm-hmm. fired. Could mm-hmm. I do that? Sure. But that's not the kind of place I want to work.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: what I say is we have to do this today. The reason is I don't give. I don't even give anybody time to breathe. I'm saying the reason is because this, and they're like, "Oh, okay, well." Lead enough. with the why. Yeah. Yeah, That's but true. then they say, "But what about?" And then I then I listen. That's step two. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. What is there something I missed? You know, um, and then we have a little conversation, you know, and see where that goes. But usually, here's why we're doing. What this. if they don't like the why? That's a tough one. Yeah. If they a... don't like my wife, I figured this out. Then they, they're probably not a good fit. <laughs> 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 is that purple hair coming through? <laughs> they got purple hair. I mean, I've not seen it under here. the hard hat. Yeah, do you find
3: hat. that younger people have a harder time with the authority. the authority of you have a job? You have to do this no <laughs> matter what. You you were talking no. about that earlier. You know? I don't I
2: don't buy this millennial I get the older people
4: haven't given me this Really? Yeah,
2: I, no. I I don't buy the millennial bullshit that you hear. I, I don't buy it. I have the most luck out of the young kids this, Really? this yeah. is their first job and they want to do well. They're making probably th- three to four times what they were making at their previous job now. Mm-hmm. And this is a career. You can take this job and run with oh, there's all sense, kinds yeah. of options uh-huh. you can branch off to in the electrical power industry plus this training, you know, can take you into other industries completely right. but you know, though I get a lot of kids, they don't know what to do. You uh-huh. know, they don't know how to show motivation. They don't know how to show it. They weren't taught. And That's I have what to needs have, to
1: be said more than anything. Well,
2: and I teach them. This is how I say, "Listen, uh, young fellow." Uh, I mean, I don't talk to Did like you that. Say that. Uh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't no, I just he say, say hey, you're to learn better. today. <laughs> I, I always, you know, I always give them a chance to show me what they <laughs> know <laughs> first. I don't assume they don't know. I, I make the assumption. Well, maybe this kid's dad was the chairman of the board here for this power utility. You know what I mean? And maybe he knows more than I do. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of that. Um, ain't happened yet, but, <laughs> but I wait. Maybe it will. No, seriously though. Um, so I, I, I give him a thing. Let's see what he's doing. Let's see if he's hanging back, doing this, hands in his pocket, playing on his phone. Oh wow, yeah. Or is he like getting in the way because he's trying to be helpful? And then I say, okay, what does this guy need to know? A lot of the times with the younger folks is. They're too nervous to Mm -hmm. want to step in with these older guys. They're like, oh, crap, Nate, and they start Mm -hmm. hiding. So I give them this advice. And this advice works for anybody. I don't care where you work or what you do. If you don't know what's going on and you want to show that you're motivated and want to be there, all you got to do is say, hey, man, what can I help you with? Nine times out of ten, that person's going to be, oh, okay, yeah, you can help me with this. You know, but so many people are scared that that one out of ten times the guy's gonna be a sorry prick. And be like, oh, you don't if you don't know, get out of here. That, that's that's the that's the exception to the rule. Yeah. Most people are like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, go do this for me, go do that. And then when they ask you to do whatever they said, do it with a little bit of purpose. Don't drag your feet across the floor going to grab a hammer or something. Move like that's the most important thing you got to do in that time. Body language. Just mm-hmm. just yeah. walk with a little bit. Of, that way, when somebody sees you. And you're moving just towards that general direction. They're like, oh, well, he's probably busy. He's not just strolling around. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. you
1: are a positive example, too. You, yeah. you, you exude what you, you, I try to what you to. preach. I try For to. the most part. I'm saying your work ethic probably speaks volumes, right?
2: Right, yeah. Uh, I'd like to think so. I mean, my role now is not to be the do the physical thing. Right. But you. Get, but you, I will step in when the time comes. But now, it's the older generation that I have trouble with.
1: It's funny, stu- Chris, what he said. Stuc- one of the things that he said that I think that is so true too that we have to. It's just a mindset because we've heard it so much. Like you said, the millennials don't do. The, what the millennials are terrible at is communicating. Mm. Like you just said, mm-hmm. they can't communicate or express correctly. That's why when I was saying go to a restaurant late at night, they may be. I mean, it may a lot of them don't understand. they, they don't take an initiative to just get up and go clean on their own now they will like you said if they're told or you instructed but like a lot of times they don't know how to just say or do something without it being these extremes right so I think we that's where we lose our communication with them is because we don't know like bro you, you're like they're either too sensitive or you know because constructive criticism kicks some rear ends and I think that's mm-hmm. probably everybody and on, mm-hmm. and but I would say that just listening to young people uh, talking to them differently or they, they, the way that they express themselves it's going to be so much more difficult for us because you you know you sit in a room they can text each other and be sitting right next to each other and as opposed to us we're at an age where we can do this and have a conversation mm-hmm. and I think that's where there is a disconnect in that because I know talking to my 16 year old is the hardest thing on the planet yeah. I mean, that's Gen
4: Z though This is we're millennials that's, that's, that's oh, Gen you, Z you guys are millennials. yeah we're millennials at so th-
2: thir- uh,
0: 30, 30. Yeah, right. yeah. Where does the cutoff
2: for Gen Z,
0: Gen 19, Y? Gen, I
2: don't know. Not really. This I <laughs> I, 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 it's, I, 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 it's like 1995, separated. 1996.
1: This is just another way is group is Gen people. Z. Yeah. Everybody uh, cool. up oh, yeah. from that. You
3: were born in 95.
1: If you
4: were born in 95 okay. or 96, I uh, know I was born in 91. Um, but it's no. Like, saying that if you bad. were born in like 95 or 96, because my little sister was born in 95, and we keep finding con- like. Different information on when Gen Z started. It is I was, very different. I make fun DNA. of her for being like, I'm like, oh, you're Gen Z, um, but uh, I think that's another. About and
3: it's another way to divide us. I don't know if you guys see that. Always oh, wanted
0: yeah. to be like Generation X. So which you're is so cool. You are so with uh, this, Aren't you Generation X? I don't know. It's 1980. I'm, I'm X. X. I'm back before 1970. I think it's
4: so. 85 or something and up or something like. Well, well, 70. I'm right. 80. For I'm, I'm, millennials. I'm, I must be. I think yeah. you're Gen X. You're the. You're the. You're the ones that we have problems with. But.
0: I mean, really? well, I
3: mean,
4: also... Yeah, like, uh, how, 20, 30 years older than me how, is the how, how are one are you, that Marcia? I always have issues oh, with. How old are I'm 20 years your older age. than
3: you. You're my age? Oh, I,
4: I know, know so you I you didn't not. want to say <laughs>
2: what your age was. Um, <laughs> 20 years older. <laughs> season. <laughs> Marshall, let's <has to> take <laughs> back. You guys signed yeah, and tell totally. me. You guys are the exact same age.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true. So here's the thing with, like, the leadership thing is, like, um, I like how you are talking about the, you're an example and all that kind of thing. So what kind of stuff did you... It seemed like you took initiative to get, to learn those skills. Um... And you started off. What's the guy's name? You started off with
2: Dave, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. But then you moved on. You I said you on. need to move
3: on to someone else that was more blue collarish. Who was that?
2: That, that was Jocko Willing. Jocko Willing. Yeah. So you know our trade. I, I've, I always when I hear something, I never take things at face value, right? So right. when he's I he's awesome. When Jocko I Williams. read when I read these war stories, I can I can take a war story and and, and translate it directly to my job. And we're getting shot at. No, you know, no. our lives on the mm-hmm. line. Not mm-hmm. exactly. It's dangerous, but you know, uh, I'm not doing a task that okay. Well, f- we might die today, fellas. Like that's never a conversation. they probably job not set. a good way to start the day off. Yeah, that'd be miserable. But um, with Jocko Willink's stuff, mm-hmm. he he's he deals with the Type A personalities. Navy SEALs—they don't get mm-hmm. no tougher and mm-hmm. manlier than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so That—that's where he started out, <clears throat> and, and the way he breaks down leadership and and team building and and task. It's amazing. Um, yeah. You know,
3: uh, and he has that, that book. That book, "Extreme Ownership." He is a handful. I mean, he has that "Extreme Ownership" mm-hmm. book. That's what his book's called. That's
2: what. That's the one I started. I started with yeah. his podcast first, and then started reading all of his books, and then I joined his Echelon yeah. Front. Do you
3: think that ownership stuff kind of changed the way you thought about yourself and leadership?
2: Ownership uh, is an amazing. Um, if you if you a, the, a lot of guys at work they 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 tried. We have this culture playbook at work And they put a little bit of that in there And guys they don't know how to take it Because there's zero explanation behind it And they just think oh yeah I'm the boss Sure it's my fault That is not what ownership's about mm. <laughs> um, Ownership To the level and degree that Jocko Willink Teaches it um, And I've adopted it is, is a mindset That says I will always come up with The solution to the problem that I see I'm not just going to say, well, I guess I'm the boss, so yeah, sure, blame me. And that's what a lot of people, when they hear the ownership at work, at least at my job, that's the way they take it. And that's not it. Um, when, you, when, when you decide that every problem you encounter is up to you to solve, it changes how you see the world. They, all of a sudden, things start <clears throat> to get easier because you're not letting this trouble, this little issue over here that's really Billy Bob's mm-hmm. problem you're just not gonna let it sit there and fester until it grows into like a cancer and then affects what you're doing. Right? You go ahead and you you be the solution to that problem. And it might be saying, "Hey, Billy Bob, fix that." That could, that could be it. Then could again, you it. could actually have to do it. There could be there, a there, 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 there could be a
3: sys- the systemic problem within the workflow of the of the entire you know operation mm-hmm. that you that y'all. You know, that's why he's having that problem. Yeah. Right.
2: And, 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 and you know what? You might not have the ability to fix that the systemic issue, yeah. Because you're, you know, you're down mm-hmm. here, and that problem starts up here. But you can at least be the umbrella that keeps it from raining down on your guys, yeah. And create kind of a, a and ex- and communicate it upward. Yeah, definitely. And that's that's leading up. That's mm-hmm. what we call that. Which is something I have to do. Honestly, I'm getting burned out and by having to do it so much at work. It's I've been doing it for years, and it's just that's just
1: with the company but there's something with? else about this leadership thing that we haven't talked about too and a lot and, and his character you know um, his character if you if we go back to the very beginning of his conversation his character speaks more volumes about why he is the leader that he is Wait, John is because of when you say I got I couldn't finish in the military because of my shoulders but I still took the initiative to, to be a part of something great and I'm jumping out of airplanes to be a part of that that's that's saying okay. Or oh, adrenaline junkie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that too. But he took a weakness and then he made it into something that was that he, he desired to be, and he took an opportunity to say, "I'm not giving up on this. I just have to have a different avenue and a different approach to get there." That's just that speaks volumes to your character, and then you throw on. So it's, I, I'm not taking away from leadership books and the things that you're learning because it helps you redefine certain things, but. It just, Or maybe sheds light on, oh, this is why I've done these things and gives you a term you, for it. You're but 100% the, right. But the truth of the matter is your character, leaders are, I mean, I guess they go that kind of thing, leaders are born. That's really one of those things. You naturally had this gift that, one, I may not have the information, but I think I know where to find the information. And not only am I going to find it, if it's right, wrong, or different, I'm going to figure out how that we <laughs> apply this and be the best at it that we can. That says a ton about who you are and what you do and I think character is something that gets left out of these things because anybody else it's just like the book of Eli you remember that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the book in the wrong hands is, is dangerous yeah. the book in the right hands and, and, and the crazy part when you realize that Denzel was blind and it was mm-hmm. rewritten in his in his art it was a completely, he was a completely different type of leader <clears throat> you know what I mean and mm-hmm. I think that that Listen,
3: and the character was you taking the initiative so, so, so well, taking that in, go go go
2: go. Well, yeah. go. Before I forget my thought again, um, I, well, I appreciate you saying that about me. It's awful nice of you. But, you, you know, one of the issues I have, so I've, I've read so much, and I, and, I, and I take what I think applies to me best from all these different leaders. And they tend to be military leaders, and the reason I've gravitated towards those guys and not the Simon Sinek's and the Dave Ramsey's is because these guys, they were forced to lead in the absolute most trying times of, of, of the human experience, in the middle of war. They weren't dealing with the, the gaggling ladies at the, near the water cooler that, oh, you know what Becky said to me the other day? They're not having to deal with that stuff. That's important. That needs addressed. But these guys were having to say, come on, guys, we've got to climb over this hill. There's ten men over there that want to kill us. we got to kill them first. And to be able to lead guys and say, all right, man, we're going to follow you, you know, like uh, the, everyone's seen Band of Brothers here, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Dick Winters is somebody um, – I respect a lot, especially being on the World War II airborne team. Um, his men said after you know, 40 years, 50 years after the war, they said we would follow that man to hell, and they meant it. You know, that that's something. So those are the guys that I'm interested in trying to be like. And Dick Winters said one of the number one traits of being a, a good leader is having a strong character, strong morals to back that up. You know, so it is important. You can't. You can read all the books you want. But if at the end of the Absolutely. day, you're just some snake in the grass kind of guy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, sure, you can do these little tricks. You can explain the why. But you know what? If your character's weak and poor, your why is going to have this underlying tone of deceit and manipulation that, uh, you know, ultimately, it's not about having the success of our team. It's about making me look good, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that way I can maybe get that next promotion, or maybe my bonus check will be bigger. People will sniff that out. Yeah.
1: That they were gut- nice. you're to... People are not stupid, and you will see the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Your by the way, your company's run. Mm-hmm. They will. People may do the job, but how they do it, how they feel about you, look, all that <coughs> stuff will show its ugly face at some point in time, and it's it's terrible. Um, what happens when leadership that power gets put in the wrong hands? And that's that's why the good old boy system hurts in some aspects. Is because a lot of times you put people in the positions that they're not deserving of and they don't do well at it, but because you've been friends with them for so long, it gives you they, they, it gives them these opportunities. And companies do fail miserably over time because of that, and having poor leadership in positions or people in positions they have no business being in, and it doesn't cater to their strengths or any way, shape, or fashion. I, listen, I, I work in a company, and I, I mean, I, I get so frustrated with our leadership. They are good people, they work hard, they have tremendous work ethics and all those other things. But the leadership is just not always up to par because it's still based on we need we, we only hire people that think and act and operate like us. It's not allowing yourself to get outside the box and put people in position to grow and be who they're capable of being and do things for you. You lose so much in the process because people feel more defeated than anything, but yet their careers and their lives are tied into this that they don't know how to just walk away from it change or do something else. And I think that's that it's, it kills people when you've worked so hard to get to this point and the people in charge don't ever recognize it see it you know and it's sad too because now these companies give little pizza parties like third graders <laughs> yeah, that's a big you know problem. what I mean and, and then you gotta go right back to work mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's pathetic they
3: do that to your stand Time went longer. Uh, yeah. so they do that. Well,
2: I promised also if I I'd tie this back in a Chick fil A, and here it goes. <laughs> you, you, you know, you talking about hey, the good old boy system, hiring the guys that think like them, look like them, you know, all this, which is something I experienced recently. I was overlooked. You know, I I, I don't want to open that bag up, but um, right. you know, um, in the case of Chick fil A, <clears throat> they have a strong culture, and and, and it, it behooves them. <laughs> <laughs> to cool. hire people that think like them look like them you know and, and, and bring them in because they're going to continue that culture and help continue growing that culture now when you have a culture like where I work so to speak not that it's bad but you know where it doesn't matter what you know who you, you know any of that as right. long as you're buddies with the boss you're going to get promoted nothing, uh, you to not, nothing you can do to stop that that's not
3: nothing you can stop that though. Hmm? you can't stop that
2: yeah you can't stop that which you know now that we all know this, that we can't stop it, then I guess it it's best that we all make good buddies with who we work with. I reckon. <laughs> have that's, you read that book? That's Dale Dale the Carnegie's? solution. Seriously, that's Correct. the solution. Have you,
3: have you read uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People? By Dale uh, Car- yeah, I've read yeah. by the uh,
2: Black Swan Group. I think is that.
3: Well, it's Dale Carnegie? This is who it is. Okay. It's the best book I've ever read. I mean, one of the best books I've read yeah. on just personal relationships. Period. Really, because it made me like wanna. I'm not. I, I will be totally forthright and say there was a point where I just wanted to get ahead. In, in my career. There was a point where I'm like, I'm going to get to the top. You know? And then, I started realizing that I didn't really give a shit about what other people were saying to me. I didn't care about their lives and I, I, I felt dirty. I was like, oh, I'm being kind of skeezy. So I read that book and it like, it talks about actually caring about other people's lives. Caring about that woman's kids and her family and knowing their names and being interested in other people. And as a selfish person, as myself, I had to change like, who I was about it. Like I had to be like, Oh, I'm gonna really care about these people. Then it made me like like the job more because I love the people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And that was the reward instead of a bigger bonus and all that kind of. stuff. And you have authentic relationships too. So do you have you have you found any like that kind of aspect work work for or you at all?
2: In that book, did did, did it ever hit the buzzword servant leadership? Because that's kind of what it sounds like.
3: Yeah, it kind of has that. It wasn't a like buzzword tone. in 1935, but
1: between that's, 11, that's so. how I lead. I'm I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, I like that approach. And mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm. I wouldn't be able to lead like you would, but I I lead from I'm not it's a comparison thing, but yeah, any yeah, means, it's- I, I'm, I'm more of a certain like that. I lead from the bottom up, like you know, I, because of my my faith. You know, mm-hmm. I I think about even for myself. You know, I I try to walk in the, the space of empathy. I try to walk in the space of servanthood washing the feet of people. It's kind of the mindset that I have, and I I approach a different. So what happens is my approach is perceived as weakness sometimes. Or um, unorganized, only by weaker people. yeah, yeah, or, or, or unorganized, mm-hmm. or it doesn't fit this mold. It's perceived that way, but what also it's it's kind of perceived as the biggest threat inside of an agency too, because it's like, how do you get results that we're looking for without the same philosophies? You know what I mean? And that becomes a threat to people because it's like, oh, wait a minute, he has a relationship mm-hmm. with people. He and these people are still so they don't they 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 are more people are, are apt to overlook my flaws and accept hey, listen, these are the things that we, we I know he's still gonna go in the trenches for us, I know we're gonna still do this, and he empowers us to become this, and so he doesn't change us inside our group, and so we still can get the job done, but I can help you maximize the best part. Of you. I think it's the same thing in relationships, too. I've had to learn this, too. It's like if I don't want to be the guy that we, if I date somebody that I'm just taking from you and I'm not in helping you become the better version of you. I will at least, if we can walk away from, walk away from knowing that we, hey, we have, we invested something, you've learned something, I've learned something, we're better people than, after I got divorced and realized we just took from each other and it was just something awful, I never want to be in that position again, you know what I mean, and so it's kind of that same mentality, I try to use that in everything that I do, um, and try to enhance life instead of hurting it, it's just different.
2: Yeah, and like you said, that what you were saying is not a comparison between me, you're, you, me, or you. Um, that's that's important for young leaders if they're out there listening. Um, you, you can't you can't find one guy and think oh, I'm going to be just like him. Right. It's not going to work because you're not just like him. You know, you don't have that same charisma that guy might have where people just naturally gravitate towards him. That's kind of me. I'm yeah. not naturally ca- you know charismatic. Um, you know that's why I take little tidbits from all these different guys and see what works for me. I'm I'm more of the laid back. I'm not gonna, you know, I I'm not the guy that wants to come up with all the ideas. I, I think that's gonna hurt my team. Uh, some some leaders are some right. leaders are the idea leaders. Um, you know, um, I mean you could just list all kinds of different styles, but it's important that you know you. Everyone is gonna be a little bit different. And you gotta find what works best for you because right. if you're not being genuine to yourself, people are gonna see that and they're gonna say, Oh, this guy's putting on a little bit of an act. He's going through the steps. He knows to, to lead us, he's gotta say A, B, and C. And it will be disingenuous and they're not gonna to wanna to follow you.
1: Right. Kristen, can you speak to some leadership like uh, just in your world? Because I know it's gotta be different and um one being a woman that has to be some parts of that can be different or like, or what's your roles like? I mean, how do you, do you feel like you are like a leader or do you feel like you are different or, you know, and then being married to a leader, you know, how does that work?
4: So... Well, being married to a leader it gets stressful sometimes because he wants to coach me all the time. <laughs> but um, I always get lectures from him. Rule number one, they say, please yeah. do not
0: coach. Your I always, military. I always get
4: lectures. We'll um, <laughs> be in the car, and he'll just go off on a tangent, t- trying to teach me something about leadership. But
2: or music,
4: uh, or music. Like Lately, it's I been a lot like about music. Myself. I
2: just like teaching stuff. We
4: when you, even when you don't want to learn something, he's still trying to teach you stuff. But anyhow, um, <laughs> so. I am in a leadership position. I mean, personality-wise, I'm more of a follower. I was not bo- necessarily, in my opinion, born to be a leader. He was definitely born to be a leader um, and the way he was raised and everything. Um, but I kind of made the choice to move into leadership because I'm a, I'm a trainer. I train new hires. I set them up for success kind of going forward. Um, in the work-from-home Aspect because, like I said, I've been working from home for six years. I think that we have a very different dynamic than you guys all have working with each other face to face. We don't see a name on a screen and say that's a black person, we don't see a name on a screen and say that's a brown person. Like, you're just who you are. You're Marshall, you're Asif, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, when we're looking at actually hiring people or promoting people or stuff, it's like, what are your credentials? We don't go on video camera. We don't like none of that matters in the work from home environment. And I think that with COVID happening, a lot of people experienced that mm-hmm. and kind of saw how kind of eye opening it was. Now, is work from home great in all aspects? No, it does play a huge mental health issue that mm-hmm. comes up with it, um, which you know I've you know had experience with over the past six years. Mm-hmm. But um, in like a feeling of importance and stuff like that, it really helps because it it doesn't matter as much for where your background comes from and stuff. But leadership-wise, um, I'm more like you. When I'm dealing with my class and stuff, I do deal with a lot more empathy, a lot more getting to know people and um, leading from that aspect. And being that I was kind of a more naturally a follower than a leader, I still have issues with confrontation like if they're you know not showing up for work and stuff and i have to give them a corrective action and things like that that's harder on me as a person i'm still learning to get over because you know there are things that you have to get through you know just to get to that next step um but it's it's definitely a lot easier when you don't have to look the person in the face um but (laughs) (laughs) have you fired anybody i have i fired a couple people yeah yeah um, really but I mean, they kind of know it's coming because I've already given them corrective right, yeah. actions and said, hey, if this happens again, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be missing. Like this is training, we cover so much stuff throughout the day. If you miss one day, it's like a week of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of expected. I, I set my expectations up at the beginning of the time that I have them because I handle like 20, 30 people at one time and I say, hey, this is 100% mandatory. This is what I expect of you. If you de- deviate from that, you know, there will be consequences. So
1: that's something you and, learned, how to put boundaries in? Yeah, I
4: had to yeah. learn how to put boundaries in as soon as I started. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a very caring and understanding person, but there are rules, you know, and, and have to explain that to everyone. And, you know, like we were saying earlier, a lot of the kind of not the millennials are the ones that I have issues with, to be honest. Right. They, they think that they are kind of above it and they you know want to argue on every aspect <laughs> um,
5: like new changes and all that stuff. yeah there. yeah they
4: just kind of want to argue with me over everything um but kind of going back to what he said about the why um we do something called a with them whenever we're training something and it's called the what's in it for me so whenever you are explaining something to <clears throat> your constituents, whatever you want to call them, your employees, um, you you have to not only tell them what's going on, but let them know what's in it for them mm-hmm. to be learning that, what's in it for them to be doing that. Mm-hmm. That way it gives them kind of a sense of purpose, a sense of, all right, I understand, and then you can
1: move forward. So thinking thing about that, because she said something very important that I think we can, and so we're all in some form of leadership, what do you think? Because um, she said this about herself. What do you think your weaknesses are as a leader? Me? All of us. Oh. I, I thought that was neat for her to say that about yeah. herself. So, yeah. man, something we can think like: what would you consider a weakness?
0: I'll go because I'm not afraid to share my weaknesses.
4: <laughs> it's important to know your weaknesses um, so you know where to grow.
1: I say my
0: weaknesses are number one, uh, probably <laughs> get where I like to know about people i work with and i genuinely care about like all my patients and and we talk like this uh, uh, john can chris can mm-hmm. test for like this is what we do all the time an open forum for my patients because i love people and i want to know let them know that i care now because i care so much that has also become a weakness where i'm willing to put others in front of me instead of me putting myself first and that will start mm-hmm. rubbing off on your home life mm-hmm. and some of your personal stuff and you will carry kind of like bitterness with you sometimes uh-huh. you know just like oh man i'm trying to show all this love and give all this love and people ain't responding back right so i would say the biggest thing for me is emotional tolerance Yes. be more emotionally tolerant because when you're a caring individual and you care so much you need to be able to understand that patient's perspective or that person's perspective and at the same time don't let it affect your emotions because like if uh me and my wife get in an argument like i need to know like what ticked her off and what made her mad and instead of me just being like oh screw her get you know I'm upset and just go into my emotional tirade and not think straight clearly so if I can improve on emotional tolerance and lead and lead people with more certainty and love um the love is there it's just that emotional tolerance can make me kind of veer off course that that would be my biggest one I
4: feel you on that one yeah not so much about work life, but more just in general. Just in I'm general, I'm more of yeah. an emotional person, just... I think that goes with the empathy thing, because you said you're very empathetic. Yeah, I, you know, that's and,
0: why uh, all these conversations lead back to race, and I didn't mean to bring them all back to that, but it's important to know who we are yeah. as, as people. Like, you're leading a team, you're leading a team, you're leading a team, and if I don't take five minutes to find out you what are. you're about, and then... Yes, we're going to have those things blend in together, mm-hmm. and that's what a leader does. He evaluates his team and needs to know what kind of struggles everyone is facing. Absolutely. You know yeah. that—that's—that's that's my whole point about it. Is like I want to know about you, so I can better serve you and help you, Absolutely. and we can work together as a team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: But you, I'd say my weakness is—I'm um, um, a big idea guy. And often I'll have a lot of ideas and too many ideas. And then uh, executing one of them, I won't execute as well or as efficiently because I'll have be not too many ideas. But I think over time I've been better at uh, at better at that. Another one is, I would say definitely my ambition when I was younger for sure was one. But um, I, I think also being able to uh, probably hold people with boundaries with people is probably a hard one I had a lot. Because I'd be, I would give people a lot of chances. And I think it's because I've been given some chances too. But I think sometimes you have to to have better boundaries with people you supervise. And, and just fire people when you need to fire them. And I fire a lot of people. you know it's funny? Every time I fired somebody, it was easier to fire the person I was better friends with. Not easier, but I could just honestly have a real conversation with them. Like, yeah, hey, this is why this is not working. Yeah, you know, And they didn't hate me and things like that. But really the idea thing is my biggest one. Like... I love ideas. I love planning them, but then I'd go to another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. So. Say it, the
4: Jocko.
2: execute probably. What prioritize?
3: Prioritize and execute? Oh yeah, he knows that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and so I, I learned over because I was over like multiple states at a time and developing programs and and it's I had to like I would say ambition is a big one. Like I wanted to look good. That's straight up. Yeah. I wanted more. I wanted more money. I wanted to get. I wanted to be the vice president. <laughs> you know, and I know that that hurt me. You know, I know that my ambition got in the way of of me a little bit. That whole
0: corporate structure, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, that's how Mm -hmm. I felt like when I was working for corporation. It's like I'm gonna get to top, be like, man, look at that top chiropractor in our company, with his swag, driving in a Maybach, and then I'm like, (laughs) I don't even like. You, it's crazy. I got really, I got really high up. I got really high
3: up when I got there. There was an emptiness, you know, and really. C.S. Lewis talks about how desire—the you know, whole thing about desire—is the desire itself is the best part, mm-hmm. not getting there, mm-hmm. not having it, you it's know. Looking forward to something. Yeah, it's a, the looking forward to something. Yeah, anticipation is way better than actually yeah. getting it. So, um, I, I've learned that over the last so many years. But yeah, that's that's mine. I've, I've definitely worked the on the. I thought the money was good though.
5: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Money makes it all go away. <laughs> uh, uh, like your your your
3: consciousness seared by the dollar bill. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. You know, like, it cares yeah. About diversity, we all this yeah. green around. Yeah. Like yeah. all these poor people at the bottom floor. And <laughs> well,
3: here's another thing: when you get high in a company, you do less. Yes,
4: yeah. yes I've noticed. You do that.
3: less, God. and so I got, I got higher and higher, and I got less and doing less, and I'm like, That's why I wanted to go <laughs> down. And, and but it, but it, but I but I realized that. The, I, I, really, it's not you do less. Is that nobody's telling you what to do as much, and you have to be the one to to tell you know to really plan everything. And you know that's ownership. When I took yeah. ownership of this is my thing. No one's gonna. That's kind of being a grown up too. You, you know, like there's a point in, like in my life, I know I became a preacher, and I remember I had to do my first sermon, and I thought, oh, no one's gonna write this but me.
5: Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. You know, I remember thinking that I was like, oh,
3: this is no, no one's gonna do this for me. You know. And I mean, and of course, you know, and I think that is a thing, a kind of a coming of age thing, too.
0: so...
1: Yeah. Like being
0: a parent, teaching your kids how to rake leaves. Like, you you, you give the order, and you're yeah. like, daggone, I gotta teach them yeah, first. And then when they get old enough, then finally I can just be like, do the dishes. Do, it. Yeah. do the. That, and then. That's, that's like a CEO. I think that's what CEOs do. is like you gotta get the man balls enough to just like. Once you've gone through the experience, the you now yeah. can go and give orders. It's easier to, but you have to take the criticism, yeah. right? If someone says you're a crappy CEO, <laughs> like you got to be able to take that and course correct and do whatever because you are the face of the company.
4: Yeah, I just so, roll my eyes whenever yeah. I get an email from our CEO. Like shut up. Well, the pressure—the pressure there
1: leadership. is Like leadership. when you get high in leadership, <laughs> the
4: only time I hear about hear from them is, "Well, oh, we're doing such a great job," right. and it's like we are. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am. But like, you don't
3: own the company. You know? Yeah, and, and yeah. But here's like, the pressure: the is you get in leadership. Yeah, you want us to be the, the the servant leader, but mm-hmm. really you're serving that 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 CEO. Yeah. I don't know why I have to use this this this. <laughs> the or, the, the hand, the, the, the <laughs> goblet hand. That that CEO really yeah. gives, a, you know, gives a shit about how much money you're making for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how do you get that to happen and not feel bad about it? Yeah. Like, you know, how do you not compromise your own, you know, your own income, your your income and your morals and your who you are? Like, and then I think also. Working too much is a problem. Sorry if I if keep going on. Like, no, no, Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a workaholic. Like I work basically, work for, basically, work for myself now. But I work till eight o'clock at night every night. And it's like, nope. How need much to shut you that derive? Down. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I got nine a, to five a, I, I, in. And be I, Well, done. I've got some faucets that need lights on them. Oh yeah. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but uh, as long
4: as you're getting paid for it, and you're not selling oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm making. I'm making All uh, right.
3: Uh, but uh, it's, uh, I think that's also like ba- life balance is, is a problem. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I would say that's... It affected my marriage. It affected, like, you know, it just affected everything about me. And, like, at the end, you kind of feel like, what Was did I do for? that for? Yeah. You know, what did I do that for, I kind of think. Um,
1: so John has to answer.
3: John, what is your weakness? Will? Is it kryptonite? No. <laughs> oh, shoot.
1: That little <laughs> green stuff in the bottom of the ocean. I'm a Batman
2: guy. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's another argument.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, th- this got me in, l- in a little bit of trouble in, in my last interview, um, not not in a bad way, but I I don't think I I don't think they took it the way I meant it. And, and it, they asked what are some of your weaknesses, and I and I was trying to be I didn't give the classic HR appropriate you know turn your weakness into a strength kind of deal. You know how they tell you to do that, like oh I care too much. Like nah, I just said well communication is something that I I want to do better at. Um, not that that I'm a bad communicator. It was kind of hard to, to convey what I meant by that. If you show up to my projects, you're gonna know what's going on. The plan's gonna be well laid out. You know, everything's gonna be organized. Everyone's gonna know what they're doing. That communication's good. No trouble there. The The, the problem, the what I have trouble communicating, and, and she'll, my wife will probably agree here. Um, my true intentions and true, like, feelings, about, like, my people don't always come across the way I intend. Um, I grew up in kind of more of a tough love situation, and so that's how I treat things. Um, I'm not heartless, but at the same time, I'm not going to, if you screw up, I'm not going to sit there, oh, come here, it's it'll be all right, let me hug you. No, no, no. It's just, well, don't do that again, now go fix it. End of story. We don't have to talk about it. I'm not going to be mad at you or anything. Um, but that, that's a real broad generalization of how I do things, um and it doesn't not a lot of the times guys can tell like I actually do give a crap about them like their personal lives I want them to go home happy want to come back the next day I want them to have a good family life you know I want all that for them but the way that I talk and the way that I put things out might not always come across that way and it takes it and the the trouble is eventually people do figure it out Right. And it's the ones that have been with me a while. Months, you know. They're like, oh, wait a minute. John actually does care about us. You know, he hooked me up with a raise the other day. Like, you know, no one else has done that for me. Or, you know, he he's he's let me sneak out of here. I got stuff to do with my wife and stuff. And he, he's not cutting my time back. You know, that kind of stuff. They start picking up on me, Like, wait a minute. He actually does, you know, he gives a shit. And I don't know how to put it. Um, and the struggle is I wish... There's something I could do or say to make people realize that sooner, not make me fight through the trenches every time I get a new group of people for months and months and I'm like oh wait a minute, it clicks, and then okay he actually does care. He's just not gonna, you know, burp us after we get done eating yeah. lunch. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. You know you oh you had a flat tire, you're late. Okay, I mean I'll see you when you get here, but.
4: Do well, I don't. I don't know. Train? I don't know how to
2: like. <laughs> I don't know the empathy statements. Like, oh man, that really sucked. I'm not gonna sit there and do that. I'm not gonna have the small talk. Like, all right, cool. I'll see him to get here. Like, take care of it. And I won't cut their time. Like, if if they're people that always that are always on time, I'll just pay them like they showed up. You know what I mean? My boss is probably gonna hear that. But then again, they don't have to look these people in the eye every day like I do. True. So, mm. that's. That's my thing. I wish people n- could get to know my true intentions a lot quicker than than it seems like they do. They would. They always find out, but it just. I wish it didn't take so damn long. There's yeah, that's other, a developed
3: do- thing anyway. Trust. Trust is developed over time anyway. So, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's kind of a it, natural progression. It
2: seems like some form and they get a guy, and like within a week or two, like oh man, we love this guy. We love this guy. Um, and they not, give i not. I Because
0: the they give him all the like. Those guys are usually like, I. I agree with you too. Like they're always like very, you know, like. I'm thinking of well,
2: there's one person in particular. I don't want I don't mean to call nobody out. Um, You don't have
0: to mention uh, them. Well, I'm not gonna. But (laughs) I'm just I'm thinking of um,
2: you know, that person is more in tune with those emotions and stuff, and the way they talk to people's a lot more. You come here, it'll be all right. But but at the end of the day, he that person doesn't care about this. He really doesn't care about their well being. It's more, and more comes from a place of manipulation. He knows that's what people like. So this guy can connect with people a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. But then when that person leaves his job and goes to the next one, they're like, who the heck is it? You know, what is this person? They don't know nothing. They're lazy. Like, they don't want to, you know what I mean? Because the stuff that I tell my people when I I, I get a new guy and I'm saying, hey, if you want people around you to want you to work with them, you got to show motivation. You know, I had that little speech. Like, just move with purpose, ask questions, and you're good. This guy won't do that because he don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. But what is that doing for him in the long term? See, I'm always thinking long term. Right. Um, I don't want – if you – if I don't think you're cutting the mustard and you're just going to be a problem for somebody else, you will not leave my crew. You will go back to the union hall. That sounds so mean, but I'm not going to pass off problems to somebody else. These other people will. You know, and it's because it's – they, they, they look at it way different than I do and I'm not I, I just I wish people saw that. Like, wait a minute John actually cares about us the stuff he's telling us is actually going to bring us more success and make our lives easier and I just wish that I could be a better communicator to the point that they could see that earlier on so. maybe
0: they're like kids they just
2: need time to mature <clears throat> well so, some people are better at it I don't know yeah. you mm-hmm. remember
1: when Kevin Hart did that special when he was talking about how he got trained to take guns away from the guy and he said he said uh He's like, when the guy pulled a gun out of at the club, he's like, guys, I got it. And he walks up there, <laughs> and he's getting ready to take the gun from him. Well, the guy didn't turn the gun this way. He had the gun this way. Uh-huh. And because the gun was this way, yeah, he's like, all right. Next thing you know, he said, I'm butt naked in the parking lot. <laughs> all stuff, right? <laughs> it's it's kind of like that, though. Like, yeah. you, people are trained to think this way. Mm-hmm. And when somebody brings it this way, then the game changes. And so... What he's saying is, and I like what you're saying in the end, but it is hard to get that conveyed over, like you're talking about, but it's awesome because what you're doing is, I'm ensuring you a career and a job to be able to take care of your family. That's what I hope I can get conveyed to you, that I'm ensuring your career is longevity and that nobody's going to think that you're lazy and not working, I'm putting you in a position to be the best version of yourself. And when you see me, you you, you may be afraid to tell me that you why you're late and all these other things, but at the end of the day, you're, respect for me and your game is changing. So I understand it but I also understand why you would be on the other side of that too to feel what you feel. You know what I, I mean? I
2: think I well, no one's scared to talk to me. That's if I if they're scared to talk to me that I failed horribly. So that that's not that's I don't want to leave the conversation yeah, on that. that. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, I I'm just saying, you know, uh I use that example. Just I don't know what else to say. Like I don't, Absolutely. I don't coddle people. I, I just, say, right. hey, this is what it is. Like you screwed up, now fix it, and I walk away. I don't belittle nobody. You know what I mean? Right. But there's other people yeah. that oh, it, it'll be okay. Like I'm not about that empathy stuff. You screwed up, fix it. That's how I was raised. So that's it's the golden rule. I treat people exactly how I want to be treated. No other way. And I think yeah. at least if I do that, I'm not a hypocrite. So. Right? But everybody's different. Mm-hmm.
4: So, not everybody wants to be treated the exact yeah, same way well, as you want to be treated. I
2: can't, I can't.
4: So, you have every single aspect of being a good leader, but if that one portion is the portion that's bad, instead of wishing everybody else would understand you, work on the empathy aspect a little bit. And then you'd have the best of both Maybe worlds. Maybe you just need to well, open up. You, you can wish in one hand and shit in the other, and the shit will <laughs> fill up.
0: No, <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. And that's kind
3: of the journey of a leader. Yeah. You yeah. You always are yeah, always learned. having something to work on, just yeah. because
4: you don't naturally have it doesn't mean it's not something that you can still it's, it's work fun. on. It's kind of fun. Because I'm sure people they'll come with you to you with problems, but they won't come to you with feelings.
5: Yeah. Especially
3: because you can't. You. you
4: don't. You don't talk about feelings, so they wouldn't want to express anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess you ne- not necessarily would want someone to come up and be like, "Well, he's making me upset on your job," but you know. If there was a big problem or something and there's like some big, you know, well, this guy's making me feel suicidal, you know, you'd want someone to come up and Boy. tell you that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you never know. I mean, guys deal with it too. I mean, it's but, not just women.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's true. Well, guys are the top suicide rate. I mean, we kill ourselves more than that. Yeah,
4: yeah. There's more stress on, on you guys, I would think. But I think women are probably more on the emotional. Well, you're... you're men kill each
3: other. men commit suicide more than women but they just do yeah it's the statistic that I don't know what the exact numbers are, but we also have more guns, and we don't have yeah you know
5: yeah
1: <laughs> sure.
4: women just' have more, have more they, emotions <laughs> uh, I just I have a different motion every hour
1: I'm like I'm kind of like. Them like uh, empathy, uh, well, like I care so much that um, I will sacrifice myself almost in the process at times. So I'm kind of one of those things. And, um,
2: but see, it's, it is interesting though that y'all three kind of have in a similar, you're in the health field, right?
1: Yeah. So it kind <clears> of <throat> makes sense that y'all have that same, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I, I, part of y'all 100%, I, and I just know from my, I will say one of my weaknesses too is I, it's it's kind of like a gift and a curse. I ain't not know the I can put it. it's like, I do feel like my skin color is one of those things. It's a gift in so many ways because I get to help open doors and trans things and all that stuff. But I also, it seems like it's it's a weakness for me in some aspects too because I feel like sometimes I walk into things thinking that I'm never gonna get an opportunity. And um, see, so your mindset. So, so my that. mindset mm-hmm. is kind of at a. I'm always in a battle that I'm not going to get the opportunity that I want or the, or the or somebody's always never going to see it this way because of these things. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then, it, so sometimes it's like I said, it's a gift and a curse. Sometimes it, it helps me crack open doors and get places, but it also, um, I'm always looking for the bottom to fall out of it too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't take vacations. Um, I work all the time, you know what I mean? Because I'm afraid if I'm not there, something's going to happen. You know what I mean? I live in this, this constant, Thing that i have to outperform all the time or otherwise things will not end up mm-hmm. well for me mm-hmm. um and, I've and who never does that hurt the... marshall huh who does that hurt me okay yeah. it yeah. sounds
4: like you're manifesting that like i hate to use that word but like when you think something is a certain way uh, you put yourself yeah. into this box even if you right? don't
0: speak it it's in here yeah so result i used to do that a lot with uh probably why we bring up racism in these topics because like after 9/11 happened I was scared shitless but like like l- people looking at me like a enemy combatant mm-hmm. like you know I'm yeah. like what the hell's going on and I would start manifesting it in my previous job and I would always be like oh man I'm the damn minority and I'm not gonna get to where the and the- and the- my bosses they were like great leaders they would be like awesome quit playing Freaking victim mentality and stuff like that and quit going down that path. um, You're not. Um, uh, And so it took me a little bit to just... That's why why I am today. It's like I finally learned that I had to be who I was and independently free. I can no longer yes i have brown skin i happen to be a different religion than most in america and i happen to have these different qualities and traits but that doesn't mean that i can't show them who awesome is that doesn't mean that like if people are going that's why i'm so like open like let everyone just be who they are Mm -hmm. i'm going to show you my life and then if you can't be part then god's going to guide me through the rest of it that that's that's just how i'm living right now And, but I do feel that sincerely because it's, it's, it resides in all of us. Like, I still have those feelings when I walk through a door. What if, Mm -hmm. what if someone, they see me as looking maybe a little different? They just want to know my background. It's not that they're like, you're not a human being. Yeah. You know, it's like, they just want to know, like, hey, what's more about you? Your culture, your this and that. So. I feel you, Marshall, on well, that. I want to say yeah. it like this too,
1: because I, I yeah. and I understand. I definitely understand yeah. your point. Mm-hmm. What, what I want to say is like this: It's mm-hmm. like you—you you know this idea when they talk about how kids are innocent and they can—they know you within the first five minutes yeah. of who yeah. you are, right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's where the issue lies. Is that I've never been able to walk into a place of, of an opportunity and feel free enough to just be that to get to the point of. Being able to fully express who I am and see those things, and not feel like this is causing an issue or a barrier. So it's like not to not to make an excuse, but it's like when when I was a youth pastor, when I walk into a church, um, that when when they sit you down, like man, we can we can finally you know start reaching black kids. You're like, whoa, wait a minute, that did not make sense. And then then it's this idea, and then like I watched. How like they would have secret meetings when when they finally take take a vacation take a vacation and then you come back? Well, we had a meeting and your whole day's changed, your whole career's changed, career path has <laughs> changed. So like now you're like, well, what, what just happened here? Well, we don't want at risk kids anymore. We want to have this type of kid. Like, what? Like you know what I mean? Like I thought we were here saving souls, like trying to reach, share the gospel. So that changed, and then then you start these other parts of my career path, and then I've been in this. So just like just to give you this example, I got a, I was I'm in charge of cultural diversity, right, and CQ, or whatever, and then I'm also trained to, and then I'm, I'm also a supervisor, so I was told to do certain things, so then I've made some decisions in the last few weeks that I felt were beneficial to our team, so we, we started a new initiative, I have to say, like, this. we had this initiative, well, it all kind of went to the wayside, and everybody kind of, the people that were in charge of it kind of messed the whole thing up, so they hired this young lady, well, when they hired her, the, her supervisor was on vacation for a month, and then the next person went in the line was on vacation. So they hired her. She left this job and was starting this job, but she had nowhere to go. Okay. And no one told her what to do. Mm-hmm. So I met with her on my own, bought her lunch, and her and our, another person in our organization. We sat down and I said, I'll explain to you what the job is and what you're going to be doing, and I'll show you because I'll be working with you, and do you got any questions? And I told her, well, that became, why in the world would you do, boom, boom, like you schedule a meeting without talking to somebody and all this other stuff. So I'm like, what? And then yet, in the same breath, they're telling me, you're one of the best leaders we have here. You're a strong leader. You're just sitting So I'm a leader up until I can only make decisions based on when you tell me I can make them. That makes me a leader. But I'm not a leader. So every decision that I make, so like even when I put together my diversity team in our agency, we don't, we're not even supposed to have one. It was just something that I added because I knew we're 98% white. So I can't go out and give you. I know I couldn't pass this mission on without having support from other people who believed in this cause, right? So I put together this team. But if I pick the team, I have to go through a process on why I'm picking the team Mm -hmm. to people who never, I'm the only one in our agency trained. (laughs) That's like my
4: job. You're a babysitter, and the moms tell you what to do. Everybody else tells you exactly. So it's like,
1: and then, but when you see your counterparts, other people that are in the agency get opportunities, actually, they're turning down opportunities, and you. Can't get one without coming, having to jump through. Every, it's hard for you not to go through a lens of, like, why is it me that's to go through this for something you say is important, but for real, it's not important now. Yeah. Now, when we got the award from the NAACP, everybody was excited. Everybody's yeah. there, right? Then it changes after that. So it's like, it's hard for me not to put certain things in that box. That's why I'm hoping to find a career path. Yeah. That I don't have to... That's why I thought about being a police officer more than anything, because the badge matters, you know, and yeah. I hope, I would hope. Yeah. The badge matters, I would to hope. To a
4: lot of people it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm a criminal justice major, so it matters a lot to me, but I mean,
1: I want it to be, to mat. I want it to, when I put that uniform on... You it, feel the important. ...that that I'm working for, <laughs> see that and not Yeah. everything else. And yeah. We're working for this, because now you realize I am going to be out here making the exact same sacrifices and mm-hmm. fighting for the same thing as a band of brothers, right? That's, yeah. that's my, my, my position. That way I, I don't have to feel this all the time. Or maybe not. I don't know if that'll change or not with a badge. I'm not saying it will or won't. I just hope that's a hope that mm-hmm. I have.
4: I will say I w- I'm a criminal justice major. Um, I have a bachelor's in criminal justice. When I got out of college, I decided to try and do um, correctional work. I Like like I've established, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm very emotional and it did not fit well because it started turning me into a harder person than I wanted it to be.
1: Mm-hmm. So
4: it was not the right career choice for me whatsoever. So if you do get, do get into being a police officer, I hope you don't lose who you are.
1: That's one thing I would never do is lose my faith in my relationship well, with Christ.
4: Faith well faith is one thing but the way that you treat people and the way that you oh, interact well. with people because it's it's a different when you're you know surrounded by you know people that are naturally against you they're they're naturally hating you just because of oh, what yeah. your position is. You know what I mean? It's a hard position to be in. <laughs> sure. Um and we had like I don't know. I was there was like 40 inmate or 40 male inmates and like 30 female inmates that I had to supervise over and it was a tough it was a tough position. I'm 5'3". I'm I was like a little woman back then and, and it was just like I'm the only one on the floor with 40 male inmates that are of all different ages. If they wanted to kill me right now, they could. Yeah.
5: Well, they could so right. take
4: they could they could smash me to the ground cuz I had to go into their bunkhouse by myself and it was like I had to harden myself to be aware of all of those situations at all times. Absolutely. And you kind of have a pre-notion to that since you're, you know, how you've been raised. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then I also, I do
1: work in the belly of the beast too. Like not necessarily prison, but you know, I, in our field we yeah. do drug, drug drugs, use. Yeah. alcohol abuse, you know, all. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I do get another glimpse of but. You're right. It doesn't change. the fact, there is a mentality that comes to putting on a badge, mm-hmm. just like that experiment they did where they did the college students and they did the half were guards, half were inmates, and it wasn't long before the guards started abusing the inmates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, obviously, I, I agree. There is something yeah. that comes with it and i would have to be that's why i can't of. be a cop. Yes. 100% i would have to <laughs> or be or dictator yeah. and you see that too a lot of people get into it because, because they were, were bullied and then they get a chance to be Yeah, the bully. and be the big man yeah. so and i agree so i
4: i, I, I wish I, you the best I, if you if you get that position i just yeah i, don't, I, don't know. I hope you don't
0: yeah. lose right. you. i i just hope you find a different like path with a different company Cause I I had some of those same feelings that you are having, and then maybe even you are having over there, and maybe you've had. I'm out. And and yeah, that was it. That was the answer. It wasn't that I I got tired of being looked over, and like right? I needed a pat on the back or a hug, or I needed to know a little bit more that you all got my back, and and I was like, no one's got my back except me. Right. So I finally was like. I was gonna eat grass and my family would live in a box but I'm not gonna work anymore with these people and I was just like I'm done and I and I think uh, that was the best decision I made in my life um, for, at that time for, for me and my family because it was like my mental health I would ended up having a heart attack or something and I, it's just not worth it I'm not willing to give my sacrifices up. For a company and a cause that, you know, I know who I am as a person. So
1: let God light. God I just hate it. that yeah, I'm learning yeah. that so late.
0: There's never, yeah. there's never early time or bad I mean, I just time. It it's just, you uh-huh. just, I just learned yeah. it, man. I just learned it. Oh, great, I know. I'm just you know?
1: saying. For me, I just hate that because I mean, you, you know, I got two kids. You know, my, you know, yeah. there's so much that I got. I've already missed out on. Yeah. for these reasons you know what I mean I just hate yeah. that I'm learning and I and some of the other choices that I have to be accountable for yeah. um, have also plagued that being getting divorced all those things yeah. have played a part in that and so they kind of fit some of that so I mean but at the end of the day that's just the that's I know it's a weakness that I have yeah. um and so, like it's said, tough it's like,
0: to just stop and walk away yeah, it's but a get, it it's, it's, it's it is it's it's but I was willing to do whatever. I mean, I was going to work at Applebee's or do something. Like, I don't care. Waiter. Just anything different. But I was not going to play
1: this. I'm getting there. To get my soul. It was something
0: that just disturbed my soul too much. That I just got fed up. Did Uh, you say
4: because they weren't like giving you praise?
0: It wasn't because of praise. It was just too much of conflict between... It was. It's all about making money to them, mm-hmm. and I'm in a job of treating patients, yeah. and they are too. I don't want to give them any kind of bad. It's just I don't agree with their methods and models of what they were doing, and I need to. Uh, if I operate on a small business scale, and I feel like I can give John more attention, and I can see him and treat him as a human being as a patient rather than a number, then that's the way I feel healthcare should be. Mm-hmm. So, it was aggravating my soul that I can't spend the time and energy seeing 50 people. And I was doing that for a long time and giving them the same love and attention. By the time I got home, my family was suffering for my attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't drain all my energy over there and then have them suffer, me be a grouchy, you know, yeah. somebody. And that, that wasn't who who's me naturally.
4: Because I was, I was just, I, I yeah. thought you said it was just, it was because of praise, and well, so that, I was gonna ask you if your love language was, um, was, uh, words, words of affirmation. Of, yeah, words of affirmation. Or, oh, but yeah. it kind of sounds like you are also acts of service too.
0: It, it was. Uh, I just felt like you know, it's like, dude, they only respect you if your collections went up <laughs> another it's ten. Grand. Is you know, that's <laughs> what it is. So that was, a, that was the thing. It was like, oh, you only respect me, you love me when the collections are seventy thousand a month. Um... Uh, you don't love me as much when it's 40,000 a month. And then it was always about you know like um what can you what what can we do to see more patients or we can do this. There was always another meeting. There was always mm-hmm. a well, you know, getting on the staff about stuff. It was a constant
4: it wasn't a you're it doing was a, a great stat job. job. This was yeah, it was a
0: stat check to how to become number 1 like I'm a I'm playing for the Olympics and you know, you're just <laughs> Everything yeah. was a stat. Yeah. Like, and life is not a stat in every little aspect, you know? It's like yeah. production, production, production. Well, I didn't sign up to be in the factory. Yeah. You know? Speaking not, of... I'm sorry. sorry. No, no sorry. I was going to yeah. say that's what I kind of love yeah. about
4: my job is even though it's more of, like, the woke culture, you know, yeah. type thing, like, they do a very good job. My love language is words of affirmation, so in you order such for me to... You a good job
3: f- on this podcast.
4: Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but even though, like... Even though I can tell myself I'm doing a good job, I don't... Feel necessarily like I'm doing a job until someone tells me that yeah. I am and I don't want to work harder unless someone tells it's kind of counterintuitive but I don't want to really work harder until someone tells me that I'm doing a good job so like my bosses are constantly like feeding me with like words of affirmation yeah. I'm like absolutely let's it's go to the let's cheap- go to the next it's level of cheap- leadership to
3: give you too.
4: Yeah, exactly right like it's so easy to tell people that and to encourage them yeah I don't think that they ever
0: said that you're doing a bad job but I just felt the energy like mm-hmm. you know, it was the energy and the vibe, like it's about production, and I got it, and I was like, listen, I don't know if I can produce for you anymore. just give me a trade, you know, trade me, yeah. you know, or I, I have to retire and start my own thing because I just can't I just can't live with that energy, and when you train somebody to become a leader, you know, and that's what one of my bosses told me. he's like, sometimes little birds just need to fly away from home and grow. And and I, at that time, that's I took true. it like, that's f- fucked up. Why did you say that? And yeah. then and but then I was just like, you know what? He's also giving me a push.
5: Mm-hmm. Go
0: do it. Go do yeah. it. So I, I thank him highly for that. Yeah. It's like it's like he wasn't holding me back, but he was like, this is where our company stands. We need doctors that produce, and we need we run a certain system. Guess what? You ain't the system. You yeah. run our system. And I was just like, I'm willing to un- un- not compromise. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much what it was. It's like, this is the way I want to deliver patient care. It's the way you want to do it. And guess what? Our systems aren't meeting. Right. Yeah. It's great. So yeah. we got to move on.
1: So, as as we We're in three and a half hours. Yes, yeah. 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 So okay. we wrap this up, um, John, that's one you a quick believe. Do you do evaluations?
2: As far as like on? For your
1: employee, <clears> the <throat> uh, guys under you?
2: No, I... I I wish that was something the company did, but I'm not going to be the one guy out here that's like, well, here, let's go over this checklist with you. You know, I I think evaluations are important.
1: Well, I just thought about just to be a good way to find that if you got to do individual evaluations and performance, be a good way for you to be able to show parts of who you, like that that part of you, the caring part, when you're sitting out talking to somebody about how they performed and, Mm and I really respect how you've done it. You know what I mean? That would just give you an end to... Yeah, I'm you know, just you're thinking about that. You know, yeah, that's yeah. just a thought I have. Yeah. That would be, that would just be a I tried to
4: get it. him to do a Google Doc, give his guys on his crew a Google Doc of mm-hmm. like, let them know kind of behind the scenes of things and stuff. And I don't think it's really his company's. Well, that's a
2: trouble when you're trying to really create something special, but then you're stuck under a, a system that just doesn't work for you. And there's a, when I was younger coming up, um, I thought, okay, I need to fit in. I'm going to do my best to fit in with this company. Well, I'm at the point now in my leadership my career. The, the company needs to fit me. That's, yeah. the, I know that the, the, you know, my standards are at such a level that it would you know there's a company out there that if they fit that standard. They may
0: be it, smaller that just needs a smaller workforce but better leadership. Yeah. And that's how I looked at it. It's like I've outgrown this company.
2: That's kind of yeah. how I feel, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes. <laughs>
1: Appreciate that. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Conversation Understanding to Be Understood, which will be a two part series. All right. Have a good one.